This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only two-time PWG Battle of Los Angeles champion, King Ricochet, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 63. I'm Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. Episode number 63, our first WrestleMania recap and analysis episode. We just spent a huge weekend of wrestling and sports entertainment watching a lot of stuff. And all we're going to be talking about today is WrestleMania and NXT TakeOver. But there's plenty to talk about later in the week that we're going to we're going to recap about the whole week and all the crazy stuff that went down yes. in New Orleans just all of the weekend starting on Thursday so much stuff happened we get to talk about Ring of Honor's super card and we talk about Joey Janela's spring break among other than Kaiju big battle Kaiju big battle we can talk about that I mean, all so much uh, impact versus lucha lots of stuff to talk about uh but we'll save that for later in the week right now on this show we have got to go over WrestleMania an NXT takeover. And why, why am I sore? I, uh, I've watched like 20 hours of wrestling entertainment this weekend, and I feel like I've been in a match. I, either either you are sensing and like like you're you're, you're starting to interact <laughs> with the wrestlers. You know, like your body is you're sympathetic, yes. sympathetic aches and pains. Yes. Either that or you're just really a tense watcher of wrestling. I'm just getting old. Uh, maybe. I don't know. One of those one of those things. Ouch. I, I prefer not to think about that. Yes. Let's let's go for the other two. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, no, but we got to get right into this. Let's go right ahead and talk about WrestleMania. Well, Ian, I got to say, uh, going into this WrestleMania, I, w- I was pretty excited. I was pretty optimistic about it. I was thinking good thoughts, and there were a lot of things that looked like we were going to get over the hump, so to speak, about certain things. And I, you know, going into TakeOver, I think, is the better way to say that. Going into the weekend is maybe the best way to say it. I was very, very, not skeptically optimistic, I was very optimistic about how I would feel at the end of this weekend. Well, and reasonably so. What an incredible card we had just on paper for both of these uh, shows. You know, especially TakeOver, I think that 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 was a very obviously... Just stacked card front to back, but WrestleMania this year, and and we have got we have had some WrestleManias in the past few years where on paper, on paper the card was not as top to bottom uh, stacked as it yep. was this year. Like you know, just on paper looking at this card, it was like man, that's a lot of really good 
matches. And and you can argue about the build to some of them, how well it was 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 executed, but I really have to say that overall, coming into this WrestleMania, I was very excited about a lot of these matches. And also, I was really ready for a lot of swerves. I mean, you can look at our we'll talk about our pickums after we're done with with the whole show here. Uh but that was which was a slaughter, by the way. I, I only know of one person uh, in my entire group of wrestling friends who got more than half of these matches right. It was absolutely insane how many different ways these matches could have gone right. and the the amount of unpredictability on this show to the point, and we'll get into this obviously at the very end, to the point that even the main event was something that people were 99.9% sure about and we got swerved on that, and we will big time absolutely be discussing that because that's probably one of the biggest stories to come out of this WrestleMania is the main event. But we've got to work our way there. We got to talk about everything yes. about this WrestleMania. We're just going to go top to bottom. Start at the beginning. Let's start at the pre-show and talk about the Andre the Giant Battle Royale, which, to be honest, did not start the way I thought it was gonna because in past years. They started it with at least one or two featured entrances and then the rest of the field kind of coming out en masse. And they did that with the women. With the women, but with the men, they were just all in the ring. And the first thing we were doing was going, let's count them and see, is that everybody? Is that everybody? Is there anyone in there that we actually called to win this or thought would going to? No, no one's in there that nope. we thought was going to win this. You had thought, Elias, I had thought a returning big cast Neither of them were anywhere to be seen in no this thing. No big show. No big show. The only big guy in there really was Connor and Kane uh, and Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin, yeah. Uh, but that was, yeah, it was a bizarre opening to this match. And it was, I mean, it really was like the lower mid-card guys and and pretty much all of the raw tag division. And yeah, yeah it was. A, and I think the audience felt the same way because they were all kind of like, oh, okay. All we right. just cut away from the commentary desk to the hard cam and all of them were just standing in the ring. And just I was like, there. wait, what? How, what? Did we miss the entrances? Yeah, it, it did. It make was it, very odd. It made it feel less important, too, yeah. which I didn't. Oh, that's a great way to put I it. I didn't Absolutely. like. I was kind of like, okay, well, I guess this is just going to be a thing. Yeah. It felt very pre-show. And in previous years, it hasn't. It's It's actually felt like a real thing. But you know that aside, it the the thing to talk about with the armbar uh, aside from every, you know everyone all the all the mid carters got tossed. And at the end, we're left with um, Mojo Corbin and Matt Hardy. So Mojo, so we're left at the end with basically either either these two guys who have won in the last two years yep. are going to repeat, or Matt Hardy. But how is Matt Hardy going to beat either of these two guys? And that was the first moment in that match I actually felt some. Oh, uh, what what have we here? Yeah, and that is when it happened. The lights went out, and Bray Wyatt reappeared in the ring. Nah, I did not see that coming. In his brand new outfit, his brand new old outfit. <laughs> I guess he they've, they've it's his old it's his old they've butcher, added like, an eyebr- uh, apron. No, it's his butcher apron. He used to wear that all the time. The only thing it didn't have was like the stupid little. He had faces on it at one point, like skin faces. Yeah. But uh, now he had a few more dreads and a little bit shaved around the back. But aside from that, looked uh, like Bray Wyatt. Looked exactly like him, except now apparently he's fighting for Matt Hardy because uh, at the end of it, they toss out Cass and... and, uh, Sorry, Cass. (laughs) That's my wishful thinking. Yes. They tossed out Corbin and Mojo. And Matt Hardy, with the help of Bray Wyatt, wins the the armbar. Well, I guess technically it is a Matt Hardy victory because Bray wasn't officially an entrant into it, right? 
So and I don't know if there's rules or anything, but the point is, is that matter. Bray Wyatt is back from the Lake of Reincarnation. He is now Woken himself. So we have Woken Bray Wyatt, and they embrace and stand for a pose at the end of during the celebration of yeah. the victory. Huh. Interesting. Is this what you wanted? Uh, you've been hard on Bray Wyatt. We've both been hard. Everybody's been hard on Bray Wyatt for most of the year so far. Um, is this what you wanted to see in a return? Mm, not exactly. Okay. I wanted to see more of a definitive visual shift in Bray. I didn't just want it to be Bray who now likes Matt Hardy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, it's As with many things in WrestleMania, there's going to be a lot of wait and see. You know, where, what are they actually going to do with this in storyline on their shows? Yep. But this was a interesting twist. I was surprised they brought him back this quickly, but I still, I'm, I am now, uh, hopefully optimistic. I'm, I'm cautiously and hopefully optimistic that this is going to go somewhere fun. I, I, you know, they, they, gold dust has had a little bit of shine in this match too. Our truth showed back up again. They had a little bit of business. Uh, that was fun. I wouldn't mind seeing Goldust and Matt. As much as I was kind of harping on all the weird guys are going to be feuding with Matt Hardy. Goldust ain't doing anything. Give him something to do. Obviously, they're doing something with Matt and Bray over here. Let's let's have some fun with that and get Goldust involved with that. I would something. love to see a Goldust and Matt Hardy program. I think I, I, that would be a, a legit one, not just a one-off. Amen. And yeah. I would also love to see a, a Matt Hardy and Michael Cole program where, as, as you were calling a week or two ago, Cole gets deleted. Yes. And, Please. Uh, and Tom Phillips or someone like that gets, gets, <laughs> replaces him. Toss his ass in the lake of reincarnation. No, toss his ass in the lake of disintegration. Yes. Let's never, see, let's, let's <laughs> never talk about him again. Yes. Um, except for back, that's in kayfabe backstage. All respect for Michael Cole. Yes, but, of course. All right, moving moving on. Uh, neither of us picked that. Nobody picked that. So, <laughs> congratulations to Matt Hardy. You won the armbar. Yes. Uh, the next match we had was the cruiserweight championship. Oh, I, I loved this. It could have been better, but I loved it. I especially loved the way it ended. I would say it was a solid B B plus. If I were to rate it, it sure. was it was not the barn burner that I have come to expect from the two hundred five live guys. Uh. I th- they had some great moves. They had a couple of big spots, and there was um, there was some storytelling. But I'm not going to say I was really thrilled with the storytelling that they were doing because it seemed very on the nose, very over the top. You know what I mean? Instead yep. of just you're referring to the whole heart and soul thing, screaming, "You're the heart! You're the soul! Show me your soul! Show me your heart!" at each other like that. Just to me, felt. Like Vince put a big old finger on that and said, "You guys are going to make make a big deal out of that." Okay, damn it. Uh, I that was too on the nose for me, and it it pu- it, it was cheesy. It pulled well, away from it for you. I I like I I agree with you what you said there. What I did like was the way it started and where they were both just amped up, and you got a couple of young up and coming wrestlers just yelling out at each other. This is WrestleMania. Let's show them what we do. Yeah, just that was just I was oh okay yes yeah light this crowd up. But I have to imagine that those two guys walking into seventy what are they final number seventy eight thousand and change people. It'll be 82,000 by the time we oh, finish sure. the show today. Um, but that number of people going in, I can only imagine what that feels like compared to the, what, ten to 12,000 people maybe that are watch, staying late to watch compared to, matches? Compared to like the 40-person you know, crowds that Cedric was performing in front of two years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. 300-person, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Like it's... It's crazy to imagine these guys like the the adrenaline they must have been feeling oh, and, yeah. and mad props and they definitely portrayed that. It was just the the added the added extra quote unquote storyline on top of it that I didn't need. Yeah, um, it was and, unnecessary. Crap. And as you said, like it, the match itself was 
fine, but it wasn't the barn burner that could have been, or that frankly I was hoping and expecting it to be. Um, Especially was, at the end of a 16-man tournament like we've been having for the last couple of months. Uh, come on, man. The, let's, let's, be, let's call a spade a spade. Kalisto Buddy Murphy was a way better match than this. Okay. I agree with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's been a bunch of matches in the build to this match that were better than this match. And I hate to say that because I love both of these guys, respect the hell out of them, but this just did not deliver for me. It was fine. I wasn't mad at it, but I was like, eh, Okay. Cool. It was. I liked the intensity of the ending. Cedric finally winning uh, with a monstrous lumbar check, and uh, and then immediately kind of grabbing and holding Ali. You know, yeah. whispering in his ear. Like I liked that. I liked the emotion of it. They definitely delivered on on that. It was just the trappings of it all that I and and the fact that it didn't really ever go to that next level that I was kind of disappointed by. Totally agree. Um, Cedric does pick up the win. Uh, it's it's. I'm anxious to see what's going to happen on 205 Live this week. Where do we go now with Drake Maverick, with Cedric yeah. as your champ? We haven't had a champ since Enzo left two, almost <laughs> three months ago. And Cedric was, was basically almost tapped to be the champ then. He never got right. his opportunity, which may be why they gave it to him here. Maybe. I don't know. It, it was definitely one of those ones neither of us could ha- call that confidently, although you were really confident. I was very about, confident. You had your hometown boy you had to root for. Uh, but yeah, I also real quick shout out to Ali's entrance coming out like a mortal, like a, like a laser mortal combat character. Yeah, it looked like a light bright on his face, like a light bright on his face. And then like this laser palm thing. It was, uh, it was cool. It was WrestleMania. We're a little froggy today, guys, in case you can't hear that. We've been doing a lot of <laughs> Lots talking of all beers weekend. and screaming. <sighs> all right. So let's talk about the last match on the pre-show, the women's battle Royale. No, formerly named the May Young, not the, the Fab- May Young, Fabulous, but the Fabulous Moolah. Fabulous, yes, yeah. The, yeah, that was a great decision, wasn't it? <laughs> and then renamed the very imaginative WrestleMania Women's Battle Royale. Yes. Like, fine, you don't want us to name it after somebody, we won't name it anything. I don't know, name it the Snickers Battle Royale. I've heard a lot of good names for it since then, like ones I could be like, oh, yeah, that's good too. But they went, they went with WrestleMania Women's Battle Royale. So fine, that's what it was. Yes. We talked a second ago about the entrances to this. This is something that always bugs me and they do it with the hall of fame guys too where it's it's almost like a popularity contest where you have becky lynch comes out she gets an entrance bailey comes out gets an entrance the full entrance full hey that's wrestlemania look at me and then here's 20 other women they all walk out together kind of you know lost in a shuffle none of you get entrances screw you and that was i thought that was disrespectful i thought that was i mean have them all come out at once like they did the men or have them all get entrances. Do you do it both ways? Not only are you showing who's popular in the company and who's like a big deal, but you're kind of showing your hand for the finish. Although they did do a good swerve when it came to that on this match, which we'll get to in a second. But I did not like how they did that. Me either. Uh, and I would I agree with you. They should have done all of them. Just this, do do both of the men's and women's the same way. If you're going to start preaching equality and having these equality style match setups and everything, if you're going to just preload all of the men into the ring. Reload all of the women into the ring. There's no way you can spend 20 plus minutes entrancing every one of those superstars out to the ring. I think the only difference is, is that in the men's battle royale, none of them were really potential main eventers, whereas about half the field in the women's was potential main eventers. People who main evented pay-per-views. You had Natalia in there, Becky, Bailey, Sasha, Naomi, a lot of people who have either been champ or who could be champ again at any point yep. and who have main evented. So it's... You know, it's not actually... And Carmella was in there, too. And Carmella was in there. For about a minute. For about a hot second, and then she got tossed out. (laughs) 
Uh, there was some fun eliminations in this. I will say that. And I did like the fact that the all the NXT chicks that they called up uh, at one point just tossed everyone aside and were all standing in the middle of the ring chanting NXT. That was cool. Seeing Bianca Belair make her main roster appearance, first main roster appearance was great. She had a bunch of of, of shine spots. She cracked her hair over Natalia in the belly, uh, I think. Becky, I think was it was. Was it Becky? It was Becky. Okay. She, she beat the crap and, sna- and snapped her with the hair. And she did a, a, a 450 yeah. off, the, off the top rope, which I don't think we've seen her do before. I don't think I've ever seen a female superstar do a 450 splash like that. I Who, Who's done that before? I'd have to I'd have to think about it. But I know I've I know it's happened, but it's still it's been a, one. It's been a while, and two I've never seen her do that. And it's, she's got Just one more feather in her cap. One more thing that woman can do. Keep an eye on her for sure. But here was the big thing: was that the end of the match? We came down to Sasha and Bailey alone in the ring together, and uh, they 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 had helped each other to eliminate everybody else. And then at the end, it looks like they're about to have a match, and then Bailey. Turns on Sasha and tosses her over the top rope, and hey, Bailey wins. And and uh, oh, wait, wait, Naomi was hiding outside the ring. She never officially got eliminated. Runs back inside, tosses Bailey in a heap out next to Sasha Banks, who gives her a look like you dumb bitch. What have you done? <laughs> so that's I. I thought honestly, I did not see this coming. No one that I know, except my buddy Hilton, freak that he is, picked Naomi. Uh. I didn't see that one coming at all. Uh, it does make sense in hindsight to not have either Bailey or Sasha win, and that way their feud is still on a, like a, the same level. I think that feud needs to exist outside of the title picture, uh, if I'm being honest. It, not even a title picture, but like just accolades. Like Keep yeah. them on even footing, and yeah. that's what this did. And, now, and it also adds an extra wrinkle to it. So as far from a storytelling standpoint, I like the finish here. And also, Naomi is a deserving winner of the first one. Sure. She's in the history books. You know what I mean? So it's I I wasn't mad at it. No. Um, and what I will say off the back of this as well, do we know any stakes that were involved with this? Do, are there anything that's going to... Is there anything that's going to happen be- with the winners? Does that grant them any kind of favor towards a uh, championship as, opportunity? As much favor as it granted Mojo Rawley and Baron Corbin and Big Show and Cesaro. Sure. So Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. So, yeah, uh, that's... So yeah, no one really picked this one. No one picked anyone on that because it was just a wide open field and it was a nice big swerve at the end, but it was solid. But we got we want to talk solid. We got to go talk about the main show yes. because then the real show kicked off and the first thing we have, had on the main show was the Intercontinental Championship match and a monster entrance from Seth Rollins. Uh, they were doing some like AR stuff on the show. Like yep. entrances is going to be something that we return to a lot there was a lot of cool entrances and a lot of entrances that weren't so cool and some that were just very very normal and it seemed like they were all over the map and i was kind of surprised that some people got like a big entrance and some people were just like ah here's your normal entrance well if tech guy can weigh in here for just a second basically what they were doing for those that might not know um if you go back to the 2000s james cameron came up with a lot of the 3d technology that we got to use uh to see movies like avatar and everything since in they called it a fusion 3d camera system what they've been working on since is 3D without glasses. And it ties in very closely with this thing called augmented reality that you might see Facebook and Apple and others talk about what they're doing to introduce the concept of 3D without have, by overlaying graphics over the top of a, a moving picture. They did something like that. I saw uh, something online where they were doing something like that with AJ Styles and Nakamura where they had yeah. taken video of them and then you could like put them in the middle of the street or whatever yeah. using an app. Um, but yeah, no, they, they use some of that to sometimes to good effect, 
sometimes not to such good effect. Um, having the stuff pop out like Miz had a whole bunch of like words like awesome and stuff popping out of the stage. And it was, I don't know, for me, it was, it was hit or miss. I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool. Eh. But if you look at the things like Asuka's uh, masks coming, coming out, out of the screen, yeah. yes, it's very ropey, but I give WWE all the credit in the world for kind of being up on the, the bleeding edge of I'll put it that this kind way. of tech. I'll put it this way. It's better than the pop-up uh, words. The on Snapchat the, filters. The yeah. Snapchat filters and the pop-up words on like the SmackDown yeah. and, and, and Raw promos. Ugh. Those are crap. Those are crap. But anyway, yeah, Seth had a monster crazy Game of Thrones themed entrance. Uh, and then the Miz had this big, you know, like I said, kind of AR enhanced entrance and sent the Miz Taraj to the back and said, no, no, guys, I'm going to do this for my daughter. I'm going to get this on my own. Nice moment. Um, face Miz. They what? are definitely teasing some face Miz here, although it's Corey Graves who's mostly doing the, the teasing of it. So who knows if that's actually going to happen? Sure, sure. He could. I mean, here's the thing. Well, he could go away for a little bit and come back a face. I, I don't know. I don't think they should. You're wasting one of your best heels if you do that, but I can see it happening. Go be a good dad. We'll still be here. <laughs> we'll still be here. Come on. Do, do what you got to do, Miz. Yeah. But then, uh, and then the last, but last and maybe least, Finn Balor came out to his like most basic theme. Like usually they have like the <gasps> before his theme, and this time it was just nope, like right into the theme. And he comes out to some smoke and in black. We all had a a, a pick. We had a um, a bet, a side bet. What do they call them? A prop, prop bet. Yeah. We had a prop bet. Uh, what color his outfit would be? No one got it right. He just went for basic Finn Balor black. Uh, it wasn't basic though. It had the rainbows on it, and they're 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 dubbing this equality Finn Balor. Online. Well, yeah, the the Finn. It's Balor Club for all, and he yeah. basically has his logo in rainbow colors. Right. Um, kind of like a. a yeah, like you said, like an equality thing, sure. which, you know, cool. He came out, he had a bunch of people on stage dressed in rainbow colors and, and with the rainbow uh, uh, Balor symbol on it. And, uh, you know, cool. I, I like that they're they're giving a nod to that. Um, I feel like Finn is a guy who has one of those innately cool entrances normally. And of all the places to make it a, a little bit more simple, WrestleMania was an interesting choice. Agreed. Again, wasn't mad at it. I like that this, of all places, this is also where he's really promoting this and kind of, you know, wearing that badge, if you will. Uh, but it was definitely an interesting choice. But again, can't really, can't complain about it. It's just an interesting choice. I'll say this. Would I have preferred to have seen uh, Demon Balor, Demon King come out, whatever you want to call, whatever the name of it is now? Yes, I would have no. liked to have seen that as part of this match. No, I would not have. Uh, well, as opposed to what we got... I, I'm, that's where I'm. I'm fall down. I think there's a time and a place to promote that kind of stuff, and I don't know if it's if this was the time to do that. But I think that given what we then had in the match, and given the alternative, uh, I, I don't think Demon Balor should have been involved in this match, be, especially because as we will as we will get to, Finn did not win this match. Fair. Okay. Um. So Demon should not have been involved. Demon can't lose. I think the Demon at WrestleMania should be a special thing. And it should be in a one-on-one match, and it should be down the road a little bit. This should not the, the, his first big WrestleMania should not have been the place. So this was this was fine for me as far as the context of the match. Looking back at it, I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Give him a give him a normal entrance or relatively normal entrance. 
Uh, no big deal. That being said, we called this match as being a show stealer, and it was it was the right one to start the show with because it was gangbusters. Yeah, it was. It was very good. It was almost too good because it kind of set the stage for, you know, it ramped everything up really high, and as we found, it was a kind of a diminishing return throughout the rest of the show. Well, they definitely front-loaded the show with a lot of good matches, yeah. whether intentionally or not, and this definitely delivered for me. I was very excited about this match. A bunch of great spots, really fast-paced. Uh, I love the fact that because you had these three guys, the, you know, it, when we've seen Finn and Seth, and we've seen like different different um, combinations of these three guys fight the last couple of weeks, and having all three together was just what I wanted. No one had to really take a break. There was not a lot of rest holds. It was just go 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 go. And Miz has stepped up his game to be able to work with these guys. All around, definitely kudos, kudos to this yeah, match, big time. This was uh, if I'm pretty sure this was my favorite match of the night, uh, and it's it's kind of weird that it was the first one that we got. So <laughs> we predicted that it would be a bit of a, a, a barn burner. We we liked it. It wasn't as good as I think it could have been if they had been given a little bit more time to work to create that. It kind did of feel a little short, but that's it's also a seven hour show, so yeah. we got to get moving. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, let's get moving. Yep. Uh, oh, uh, just to be clear, Seth Rollins is your new Grand Slam, Grand Slam. Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, and that was it's actually one of those things where when we were picking this, I couldn't pick it because I could see reasons for every different person to win. And the reason for Seth to get it was because he's been a workhorse for the last few months on Raw and for the WWE in general. Yep. And it's, you know, every member of the Shield has to be a Grand Slam winner, winner of course, and now Seth gets his. Yep. So solely why I picked him. Yeah. I'll you reveal know, the secret now. That's that's the 100% reason why I picked it. Not mad at it. Miz yeah. gets to go away if he wants or he'll get some more free time. So he's not he doesn't have to promote the belt every week. Right. Uh, he can, you know, be a dad. And then we'll see what happens with Finn going forward and Seth going forward. What are they going to do with all that free time on Raw now when they don't have Miz TV? I don't know. Maybe build the tag team division. There's going to be some. There's going to be some shakeups. We'll find. <laughs> we'll find out with the Monday Night Raw. That's gonna. That's always exciting. Oh yeah. Speaking of exciting, the next match was the SmackDown Live Women's Championship match between Charlotte Flair and Oscar. I was shocked. This came this early in the show. Me too. This could have this could have main evented, in my opinion. And it's funny you bring that up because I think when we talk about this, I'll bring this back up again at the end of the show. But there's already um, scuttlebutt and talk about uh, next year's WrestleMania main event yes. being a women's match involving Charlotte and potentially Ronda Rousey. Yeah, you could do Charlotte Rousey. You could do Oscar Rousey. There's a lot of options yeah. there, and. That would be main event worthy. But, but they do want to make sure that they have a female main event at next some point. year at and WrestleMania. Absolutely. And and I think that they're building some of these women so that they could. Yeah. They absolutely could. This match could have main evented tonight, and I would not have been upset about it. And it was of the quality. I think it was a little short because, yep. again, top of the show. But if you had given them 10 more minutes and put it at the end of the show, uh, oh. this absolutely could have could have closed the show or could have been one of the last couple of matches on the show. Absolutely. It's interesting you said if they had been given 10 more minutes because that was my one big feeling other than the confusion about ending the streak here uh, was it felt very short and an Asuka tap out on the first time she submitted in a figure eight felt very what? Yeah, so this is the thing we have to talk about. So Asuka lost. Yes. Asuka lost. The streak is Charlotte. over. The streak is over as of this match uh, and I Personally, I'm very disappointed in that. Me too. Uh, I get it. I completely get it. We're trying, you know, Charlotte is the A number one woman now that's completely confirmed. They're 100% in on Charlotte. Uh, that's one more accolade under her belt. Not that she needed any more accolades, but hey, whatever. That's their, it's their company. Did you see that entrance? Uh, that, well, her, uh, 
back to the entrances. Charlotte's entrance was awesome. That was she, legendary. Uh, that, was, she, that was so she, good. Well, it was what was cool about it was it was a bit of a callback to Triple H's entrance at WrestleMania 30, where he was on the throne and had like the Viking the skull mask, Terminator on. mask or whatever. The yeah. Viking skull mask. Terminator yeah. was was next year. Oh, that's right. Um, but then he was flanked by three Valkyries, and we later come to find out the Valkyries uh, were Charlotte and Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss. No kidding. In 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 behind huh. masks. Right. Well, this time you had Charlotte coming out as this golden queen on her throne flanked by three what looked like Spartans yeah. who were who were underneath the masks played by guys from NXT much in the same way that you had Triple H played with with, with women from NXT. Yep. Uh it was actually it was Tino Sabatelli, Riddick Moss and Dan Matha from NXT. So Sabatelli and Moss get a little shine at mm. WrestleMania. Kind of kind of cool little yeah, thing. I wonder if we'll see them tonight. I <laughs> I well that's a good question. That is a good question. It's not like they really won anything in the uh, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. No, no. Um, but yeah, so the streak is over, and this is—I don't know. I, as you said, it's not just that the streak ended; it's how it ended. Yep. It's that Oscar tapped out pretty quickly in a figure eight that Charlotte Oscar had been working Charlotte's arm the entire match, uh, which immediately sent, sent up some some alarm bells in my head. And uh, Charlotte ends up bridging into the figure eight on one arm, on one arm and on, on one arm, a one armed figure eight, which I mean, obviously we're going to dive into kayfabe here. If we really, I don't know if she's able to get enough pressure on it with just one arm. It, it didn't look like something that would finish somebody off, especially someone who ha- they've built up so much like Asuka. Like this should have been something that the second or third time she did it, or she worked Asuka's legs to weaken her up like the, the storytelling on the finish didn't work for me. No. Especially given how much they had built Asuka up. It needed more time. It needed several of those submissions or at least attempts to get her into that figure four, figure eight. Uh, it just, it it's so fast. But here's the thing. So here's, here's storytelling 101, right? If Charlotte has a submission move that works your legs, she should be attacking Asuka's legs because Asuka's got a submission that works the arm and she's working Charlotte's arm, right? Yep. It should go both ways. And they both work each other's soft points for their own submission move. That didn't happen here. Instead, what we got was Charlotte beating Asuka who had had no work done on her legs uh, and and Asuka tapped so quickly. Like it was, you know, we saw the, I mean, we'll talk about later the Ember Moon, Shayna Baszler match, which the submission went on forever. And I know that there be people who've been complaining that, oh, they take too long to tap out in these holds. You see an MMA, like once a hold goes on, they tap out right away because they don't want to get injured. Great. But make it consistent or make it not. Yeah. And it's not like the figure four is actually an MMA hold of any kind because it doesn't no. do a damn thing to your leg, really. But No, it doesn't. But that's, I don't think that's the point. The point here is that it felt rushed. It felt ended on a level that Brock, some of Brock Lesnar's matches have been ended very Ouch. quickly. There is no way Oscar taps out to this hold this early in the match, like you said, without any kind of work being done to her legs or inj- other injury, or whatever. <sighs> you can't convince me that the figure eight is that instant lockout, like a disarmer or something. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to. I don't want to focus on that too much because, again, it is pro wrestling. Whatever, that's fine. It's it's a matter of how they sell these moves and whatnot. And I, I think it's just she tapped too quickly. But how, as far as you know. How it was executed, I didn't think it was executed as well as it could have been. Um, and the bottom line is, is that Oscar has now been fed to Charlotte 
And I think the only reason we can see that happening is because Charlotte has to look like a million bucks because at some point they're going to have her and Ronda Rousey face off. And like you said, that might've been, that might be the main event of next year's WrestleMania. That could even be as soon as freaking SummerSlam could be, um, which I don't think they should do. No, but the bottom line is, is they are, they are spending much like they spent Undertaker's streak to get Brock Lesnar to that next monster level. They are spending Oscar's streak to get Charlotte to that next level. Not that she needed to be on a higher level, but it's just one more thing they can say to make her feel legitimate. Um, and I'm I'm honestly disappointed because I wanted to see I, I wanted to see a better end to the streak when it ended. I didn't want it to be like this. I'll put it that way. But that being said. The rest of the match was fantastic. They sure worked, was. They worked so well together. Very smooth. Uh, I thought for the most part, just great transitions. Oscar uh, was being nice and stiff. She's laying it in. It was a it was a damn good match. It's just I was a little let down by that finish. And I hate to, I hate to say that because I know it's one of the bad things about a lot of wrestling fans. Where oh my guy didn't win, so now I don't like the match. That's not what it is at all. I can understand Oscar losing to Charlotte. I just feel like the way that the finish was done was not as good as it could have been. Agreed. I mean, to, to continue to comment on the match itself, they landed a Spanish fly off the top, off, off the, the top, top rope. rope, something that they, in the, the cruiserweight guys did and, and barely pulled off and they, you know, they pulled it off. So it was, it was an impressive match. It needed another 10 minutes. I wanted to see Oscar. If you're going to take the streak away from her, I want to see her throwing everything at Charlotte to prevent it from happening until just finally relenting and giving up and just saying, okay, no more. That is not the match we got as good as it was. It could have been 10 times better. Yeah. Had we actually delivered a streak ending match that we should that we frankly deserved after following oscar for the last three years now and and seeing how many women you know go all out against her and her just brush them aside yeah. so I would, I would have liked to have seen her go down scratching and clawing and she didn't agreed uh but you know what there was another match in this card that we were kind of well, we were like we were not excited about i'll put it that way and i thought it ended up over delivering as well and that's the u.s title match that was actually a fun little match. It wasn't too long. It did everything that it needed to do. Everyone in it did their job sufficiently well. Yep, got all their spots in. Got all their moves. Yeah, you in. had it was well uh, worked. Randy Orton, uh, Jinder Mahal, Rusev, of course, and Bobby Roode, and uh, everyone had a pretty fun entrance. Obviously, like rusev day was massively over, as you would expect. And a special call out to Aiden English here, not in my markery, but. He appeared in the armbar in the pre-show. Yes, with hair. <laughs> Between the pre-show and I guess this match was in like the second hour of of the show, maybe the end of the first hour. He shaved his head backstage. He shaved his head. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> not even bald to stubble. Yeah. So he's just clippers and just yeah, like like a almost like a Cesaro kind of look. Yeah. But well, uh, I don't know why. I don't either. But he, okay. He's a little scary looking with with this hair as this white way. as he is. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a little... if they're going for him to look more intense, it's definitely achieved. He doesn't look goofy anymore. Yeah. You know, he looks more serious, which it may be a good thing for him and Rusev going forward. So we'll see. That being said, this match was fun. It wasn't too long. And in a shock twist ending to everybody but me, <laughs> Jinder Mahal pins rusev you didn't on really rusev think day. he was gonna i went back and listened to our podcast last week and said i was completely not confident in this match i only had one confidence point in this match i was just like i could go anyway i have no idea 
But if it's going to go anyway, it's Jinder Mahal pinning Rusev to get the massive nuclear heat. That's exactly what they did. And that's exactly what they did. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I, can't, I can't brag that I was certain of it or anything, but I definitely called the finish. Uh, and, and it worked. It, immediate nuclear heat for Jinder picking up this title on Rusev Day on Rusev. So that, that's going to be fun going forward. It was nice to see Rusev in this match. Obviously, this was, they were throwing him a bone uh, at the end of the day because he wasn't supposed to be in this. No. Uh, and I, I am very curious to see what they do with Rusev in the future if they finally just commit to letting him be a face and, and chase after evil Jinder along with the other two guys. That could be fun. It's it's absolutely could be fun. Yeah, Aiden and the Singh brothers involved. Follow the money. Yeah, follow the money. WWE, don't be dumb and be mad because someone got over and uh, and you didn't plan it. All right. Well, moving on to the next one, we had uh, the raw version of the corporate matches. I guess I'll say, which is Triple H and Stephanie versus it's, Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle. Yeah, one of the more exciting matches of the night on paper because this is one they were really promoting. It's Ronda Rousey's first match in the WWE. I was shocked they put this in the middle of the show, but as far like looking back over the card, the way that they timed everything out, it made sense to have in the middle of the show. As far as the, the ebb and flow of this show, this is the right place to put this. And I will be completely honest this absolutely outdid any expectations I had for this match. I agree with that. I had very low expectations for it, so it was very easy to overperform it, but I expected it to be a series of orchestrated spots. Kind of was, mm. but the swerves uh, where we got Ronda and Triple H squaring off with each other, those were pretty interesting. Uh, him just basically put pinning the ref to the corner and going, just hang on a minute. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I like the build to this. The fact that I mean, and it was a very obvious build in the in the beginning of this match where you know Stephanie was basically pulling out every heel tactic possible with you know with uh, slapping Ronda from behind and jank- yanking her ponytail and then running back to her corner and letting Triple H and, and Angle fight because of mixed match rules um, and pulling just every little heel trick out of the book to to make it so that Ronda couldn't tag in. And then, of course, when she does tag in, massive hot tag, everyone's losing their mind, and the match evolved from there. And as you said, there was a lot of nice moments that they found. You know, they found a lot of spot moments or, or, or story moments in this match that, to me, didn't feel disjointed. It felt like everything built elegantly to the next moment, whether it was Ronda finally squaring off with Triple H um, as, which, as you said, which I was a very eye popping moment, you know, Triple H laid hands on her first, dragged her out of the ring on the floor. Yeah. So he as far as we've talked about this before, we've talked about the ethics and the morality of male versus female matches and gender equality and all of the rest of it. Right. Um, and they have to be very delicate about that in WWE. And typically they will allow women to uh, to be aggressive on men, to have physicality with men, but not vice versa. So the way that they dealt with it in this match was to have Triple H do not exactly a, I wouldn't call it a, a very aggressive move on Ronda. It was a, you know, he pulled her out of the ring and she went splat on the floor. It wasn't like he shoved her. It wasn't like he hit her or anything. Pedigree or something like that. <laughs> right. right. Um, I think he threatened a pedigree, but it well, didn't Well, he did wrap her, wrap her arms up one time yeah. to do it, but I think but the, uh, but the, the fact of the matter is, is there, there was no out, like straight up fighting a woman. Until she challenged him. She says, you want some? Let's go. And the ref's trying to stop, trying to stop it. And Triple H goes, no, 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 no. As you said, he puts him in the corner and goes, no, ref. She wants to do this? Fine. We'll do this. And I thought that was a really elegant way to get into 
you know, the, the, the ability for them to have physicality. And it was also a really fun moment to have him try to square up with her and have her absolutely kick his ass, just go into like fist of the North star punching in the corner where he just couldn't, <laughs> he just couldn't block all of the hits coming at him. Uh, and Rhonda picked him up at one point on her shoulder. She, uh, she did a roll through pickup on, on triple H. It was incredible. Rhonda looked like a million bucks. Let me just stop everything right real quick. Whatever our hesitations with were with her about her promo ability in the last few Raws, when she gets in this ring and wrestles, she looks she is dynamite, absolute one hundred percent star power. I was I was floored by how good she was with her 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 physicality, with her facial expressions, her shit talking, everything on point. I'm I'm still withholding. I'm still withholding my excitement. I want to see what happens tonight specifically. I think she's going to have a, a spot tonight. I want to see what happens over the next few weeks beyond WrestleMania. I've been saying this since her debut. I want to see what happens once she works week to week on the main roster. And let's see what happens when she works with an actual wrestler as opposed to Stephanie McMahon. Thank you. Yes. Uh, somebody who is not going to help her as much as Triple H probably helped her. Uh, well, in the coaching and stuff and like ready that. for this match. Yes. Sure. He was very loudly calling the match. <laughs> Uh, worse than John Cena. Usually uh, he does. was, yeah. The angle definitely looked lost at some points, yeah. and Trips was leading him by the nose. But <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know what? This uh, again. This was this was wonderfully delivered. It exceeded my expectations. Uh, the several spots where I mean, there was one thing that stood out to me, and it was that Stephanie resisting uh, the armbar. Mm. Her as she would constantly get it. it. Took three or four times to finally break it down uh, to the point where she got it locked in. And right beside of him, uh, Kurt locked in the ankle lock onto Triple H, and they got a side by side submission. But what was great is that was a false finish, and and we thought that that was going to be the end. And then Triple H threw Angle into Rousey, yes. and it was like, oh shoot, the golden shovel's coming. You know what I mean? Trip, this, trips goes over. It's you know, it's that time. It was definitely a match where, although I had picked Angle and Rousey to win, uh, just, I just was like, how can you have Rousey lose on her first night? Um, I could definitely have seen uh, Triple H uh, beating Angle, pinning Angle, yeah, and then having a feud going forward because Rousey never actually got beat. So, uh, so glad they didn't go with that. I'm so glad it was a clean win. Rousey almost breaks Stephanie's arm. And uh, Stephanie immediately taps out when she gets her in that classic arm bar. Very happy with this. Kurt, by the way, also, he's definitely lost a step, but he looked great in there. He pulled all the Kurt Angle moves out of it, pulled down the sing- He was wearing the old singlet. Yes, the old oh. USA singlet. And I think there was even a moment we were watching this where I said to you, Ian, we're watching <laughs> Kurt Angle and Triple H wrestle in 2018. 2018. This is amazing. <laughs> it was what I had hoped coming out of Survivor Series, which I felt... And it was one of those things where after Survivor Series, we said we had to see where this ends up because if this goes nowhere, this is going to be a crap Survivor Series. Yep. But now we can look back and say, no, that, that built to a match at WrestleMania. I'm okay with that Survivor Series now. Yep. I am. It built to something. So, And it built to a damn good match. Yeah. I'm I, again. I, it, it was a lot better than I thought it was. Let's move on. I, let's see what happens on we both, Raw We tonight. both picked uh, Rousey and Angle to, to win that one. Yes. Uh, thankfully, they did. Well, let's move over to the SmackDown Live Tag Championship, which had the Usos, the New Day, and the Bludgeon Brothers in a triple threat match. This was all about the entrances. Uh, all about the entrances. That's a great way to put it. Uh, and it was all about the Bludgeon Brothers. It was. It, there well, really the, wasn't much else going on in this the match. The pancake midgets. There's uh, definitely the pancake midgets. Yeah, yeah. It, the, it's little person. The okay. New Day. <sighs> Okay, they're going to dress them up in pancake outfits and make them do the worm next to the ring, and you're going to give me trouble about midgets and little people. Okay. They obviously, they don't care either. 
Uh, it's, look, they, they, the New Day had one of those insane VR entrances with you know, all kinds of graphics on the side and this whole host of Oompa Loompas dressed as, as pancake stacks coming running out with them. It was absolutely insane. I, I thought I was tripping. I could yeah. not believe what I was seeing. Uh, and then, thankfully, the Usos classed the place up by coming out in all white, looked like a million bucks. And then it was time for the Bludgeon Brothers to come out and just destroy them. And yep. it, that's what it was. This was a quick a squash match. Uh, I, I think there was a little bit of offense gotten in on the Bludgeon Brothers, but this was basically a breather match between uh, the, the mixed match match and the next match. Then the next thing that happened, the next WrestleMania moment that happened. Right. Uh, we both called the Bludgeon Brothers to win. I mean, it seemed all but preordained after the run they've been on, how much... Uh, you know how how strong they've been made to look. Yeah, this this was a foregone conclusion. I thought. Yes, Bludgeon Brothers are your new SmackDown Live Tag Team Champions. Which I, thought, is I thought the Usos could have retained. You know, just because nah. it's because, well, you know, because of the pedigree and they made a big deal about the Usos' first time after all this time. It's their first time on the main card at WrestleMania. I thought they were actually going to get more time. To be honest with you, I was surprised this match went so quickly with the Usos being in the match. But yeah. They got a spot. Be happy with it. There's a lot of people that didn't get a spot. <laughs> that is hey, true. I want to call back to something. After the um, Charlotte and Oscar match, Charlotte was walking up the ramp, and there was one of many cutaways over to John Cena where there was a referee whispering something in his ear, and it looked like he's here, he's here, Yeah. which led to John Cena running up the ramp as if there was a sale at JCPenney on jorts. Dum dum. <laughs> I I got to say, man, I don't know where security was. You had a fan from the audience jump the barricade and run up the ramp. Yeah. I mean, they should have tackled him. Exactly. You know, Cena was supposed to be there as a fan. I don't I don't know what kind of nonsense this was. Where no. were the U.S. Marshals? Where Where were the U.S. Marshals <laughs> when you need them? They obviously, you know, they they do security for these wrestling events. Right. Anyway, the, the, yeah, no. One of the most annoying things about the first half of this WrestleMania show, aside from the relentless promotion of Paige's new horrible movie, uh, was always cutting away to John Cena sitting in the crowd and looking lost. Uh, and it was so much so that at a certain point, we were just like, oh my God, stop cutting to John Cena. And when he got told this, whatever he got told, and he jumped the barricade and ran up the ramp, you and I both were like, oh, thank God. Now we don't have to cut away to him anymore. And we didn't. And instead, after, uh, after this SmackDown Live tag match, we had the John Cena theme hit. And out came John Cena to the ring. And once again, nothing happened. Yep. And everyone's just sitting here like, oh, my God, really? What? The, come on. What's going on? And then the lights go out. Oh. The lights go out. Oh. And then a guitar guy starts getting played, and it's just, it's just it's Elias. A, it's Elias. That was a great troll job, I got to say. Like, of all of the aspects of this whole build with Cena and Undertaker, that was one of my favorite moments because it was just a great, like, oh, you sons of... Mm. And immediate, of course, just brutal heat on Elias, Which who just, he just loves. Oh, he relished it. Love to see it. him licking his chops and be like, "Oh, were you expecting somebody else? <laughs> wait, wait, were, were you guys expecting somebody else? Yeah, great, Genius. great. He got in the match, a little bit of physicality with Cena, and then the lights went out again for real this time as Cena was walking back up the ramp. And so, okay, now we get to the part where the Undertaker reappears right well, his you, gear well, first his, of all reappeared well, in the, the ring the whole sequence of him yeah. reappearing between the gear that you know right where it was at the end of wrestlemania last year in the middle of the ring in a nice little spotlight lightning bolts shoot down hit it explodes and then the gear is gone and then seen it you can see seen in the dark kind of looking around nervously and turns around there's smoke and everything coming from the top of the ramp uh, uh, 
And then boom, the Undertaker entrance hits. Gong. And the whole huge, probably one of his longest entrances ever. Uh, which, great, deserved. Um, it would have been nicer if their HD cameras weren't getting blown out by the black lights. Yeah. That would have been nice because it just basically looked like a big blue haze. But uh, whatever. Dialed was, up the contrast a little the, bit too much. The Undertaker was there. Uh, it finally happened after all this, all this relentless long build of nothing, nothing, nothing. We got the Undertaker. But I have to say, and, and huge Undertaker fan, was so happy to see him um, and very excited by the whole thing. But at the same time, this was definitely one for the kiddies. Yep. Just the whole thing was, was very cartoonish. The build was cartoonish. Cena, obviously, very, he's a human cartoon. Um, and ultimately, what this came down to was almost like a cartoon of, you know, you, hey, your, your buddy, John Cena, called down this evil god, and the evil god showed up and whooped your boy's ass because that's what happened. Yep. Undertaker got in the ring, took everything off, did all the moves with the hat off and the eyeballs rolled back, and then he proceeded to pull off every single one of his classic moves against John Cena, squashed him, squashed him, and left. But as John Cena, you're kind of okay with that, though. The Undertaker just whooped your ass at WrestleMania, and I'd be still be okay with that. I Again, if I were a kid watching this, I would have been like, that's so cool. Oh, wow, Undertaker. Undertaker looked like a million bucks. Yeah. Well, I, Okay, maybe not a million bucks. He looked like a hundred thousand bucks. He's not looking like a million bucks anymore. He looked as good as I expected him to look. Yeah, as he could possibly have looked. Well, at you know least he I mean? got that hip replacement, and it, yeah. he can actually walk now. He can walk. He can do old school again. Like he, he's smooth, smoother than he was last year fighting Roman, where he looked terrible. Yeah. Um, Cena did a great job of selling him. Undertaker did a sit up at once. Cena was going for the uh, five knuckle shuffle. Undertaker sat up, sat up on him, and Cena. It looked like Cena's legs kept moving, but Cena's upper torso just stayed in place. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Yep. This was fun in a nostalgia way. And if I had shut my brain off, I was definitely like, this is great. This yep. is awesome. Um, but then, of course, the, the critical side of me was like, eh, yeah, okay. I don't know why everybody thought Biker Taker was going to show up. Probably because of the Kid Rock thing. But it was I, absolutely the Kid Rock there thing. There was not one inkling of anything inside me that said Biker Taker was going to come out. It was definitely going to be the dead man for the gong, for the entrance, for all of that stuff. That if he was going to show up, it was going to be that. I'm glad you were right. Yeah. Because I definitely could have seen, because he retired the gear last year, I could have seen them being like, well, we can't use the gear again. And they found a really elegant way to get him back into the gear with the showing it in the ring and the lightning bolts. And it's like you summoned him from hell or, yeah. or, or whatever. That was all right. Cool. That was, a, I was fine with them using that as like a cheap, quick comic book way of resurrecting somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I wasn't mad. I'm definitely happy to see the dead man entrance way more than I would have to see, see American badass. Well, let's move on and talk about the other corporate match that went on tonight, which was the SmackDown live version of what we talked about earlier, seeing Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn face off against the returning Daniel Bryan and the diverticulitis Shane McMahon stricken, stricken and, 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 stricken. Yeah. The, uh, and, and hernia and all the rest that they just kept selling throughout the entire match. Yeah. Well, Hey uh, man, the, I, he, you don't he, get diverticulitis from wrestling. Uh, so apparently he legit had diverticulitis and he's wrestling two weeks later. So props to him. It, and who knows? And then the hernia and the rest of it. I don't know, man. The, the fact of the matter is he wrestled and, yeah. and, and did a coast to coast in the middle of this match too. I mean, 
Come on, Shane. He was selling his guts the whole time, or his, his midsection yeah, the whole time. Yeah, but he was time. also letting Sammy and Kevin jump up and down on his midsection, yeah. so it couldn't have been that bad, I would think. But uh, no, this was, this was a way to have a hot, hot, hot tag for Daniel Bryan coming in. They, they, Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn attacked them. from the. They didn't have an entrance. They just attacked them from the side of the ring. They powerbombed Daniel Bryan on the, on the uh, apron to start the match. So he was out for a while and then finally climbed back up and then have, of course, enormous pop. Enormous pop when he came out in the first place. Right. Enormous pop when he finally got tagged in. Um, I had actually said that I thought Daniel Bryan was going to turn heel. I actually talked myself into being pretty certain of it because I felt like it was going to be a major WrestleMania moment to have him turn heel and a major, uh, a, a, a strong plot point going forward, especially considering how long this storyline has been going off on. I, I didn't feel like this overall was a good payoff to this storyline. No. And it could even not be over because at the end of the match, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon win. And that means Kevin and Sammy are still fired. Obviously they could show up on raw tonight. Yeah. Which I think is underwhelming, but at the same time, you know, that's, that's the payoff of this whole storyline is yep. Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon, they become buddies again and beat Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn. And the match was fine. It was really cool to see Daniel Bryan working again, obviously. Very happy to see that. Couple of couple of goosebump moments in this match when he did some of his old moves and he, yeah. he looks like he hasn't lost a step. And he wins it with the yes lock. Yeah, of course he does. On Sami Zayn. So, with 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 like three finishing moves in a row. The, you know, when this match started, I, I was actually mad at myself for picking against Daniel Bryan on his return at WrestleMania. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and I was sitting there going, you know, I I let my head think much about this but there's a very easy way to bring kevin and sammy back whether it's on raw or whatever but you can't have daniel bryan this was one of my picks that i regretted uh going into wrestlemania Big because time. the more i thought about it i was like it's a no-brainer daniel bryan's not gonna lose his first match back of all of the picks that i was wrong on this is definitely the one i i regret the most yeah um with the charlotte one i just wanted to believe that wwe would actually allow a a non-English speaking face champion to exist, yep. which they won't. Um, nor have they ever. Or nor have they ever. It's uh, North American uh, face champions. You know, Mexico, Canada, Samoa, but never, never a foreign uh, face champion ever, mm. ever. Uh, I don't even think there's been any Brits. I have to look back for the Brits. But uh, at any rate, the bottom line is, is that. Uh, in this in this match, yeah, the picking against Daniel Bryan on his return again. The only thing I got stuck up on him turning heel, and that was I I worked myself into a shoot, brother, brother. Yep. It was basically was all it was, and I still think that would have been a more interesting storyline uh, to have. I, I don't think this. I mean, at the end of the day, this match was unfortunately a little flat for me because it didn't nothing really had the only thing it was was welcome back Daniel Bryan yeah here's all here's time to do all your spots and all your things that make people cheer and yes chant and that was about it which I mean to be fair to call a spade a spade that's pretty damn good as it is like that's good enough and and if I if I take my own emotions and and preconceptions out of it and just go yeah this was a way to welcome back Daniel Bryan after thinking he was never going to wrestle again all right, yeah, that was a pretty good welcome back party. Yeah, that was a great welcome back party, and everyone did their job fantastic. Some great spots in this, well worked, told the right story. Boom, solid B B plus match. Yep, you know what I mean. And the added bonus of Daniel Bryan is officially back. Yeah, I can't wait to see what they do with him on SmackDown Live going forward. Is he going to continue to be general manager, or is he going to switch over to entering performance? Maybe both. 
Going to be a, yeah. I don't know. Is he going to stay on SmackDown? That's a good point as well. Well, hey, the next match we have to talk about is the other women's championship, the Raw Women's Championship, where Alexa Bliss was defending her title against Nia Jax, bullying her way to a title. <laughs> Nia, you, you say, say Nia Jax is bullying her way to a title? Uh, no, Nia was being bullied She's on the way to the title. bullying the bully, Nick. Bullying that, the bully. Don't yeah. you know that apparently morally that's okay? Uh, no, this was a this was an so the build to this was pretty straightforward. Yep. Alexa Bliss is a bad human being. She's a bully. She's been bullying Nia, who's been bullied her entire life. And now it's Nia's time to get her revenge. I hated this whole angle. Oh, really? I, I did not like it at all, especially when they why? Ran, they dialed it up the last couple of weeks. It, and I just started to get really kind of eh, on me is two on the nose or. Yeah. Just, just, just too much, man. You know what? I, She's I, been wrestling in in the WWE for more than a year now, and it's it's it. I have my own issues with the way Nia Jax wrestles. Full disclosure, all listeners and you know this. But that aside, she wrestles this was like a big guy, and you much. love big guys. Just too much. She's not strong enough to do the Beals properly. That's my hang up on her. She throws them, whips them around by their hair. The point is, is that I thought the bullying stuff was very akin to the stuff that we hated. Earlier in the year with Mickey James and the old lady stuff, yeah, it's kind of through. It's a callback to me for Bailey. This is your life, Oof. Uh, which it's just this kind of shit. I'm done with it. I don't want this kind of Vince Russo esque shit anymore. Next thing you know, Alexa Bliss is going to be wrestling somebody in a bikini in a kiddie pool of pudding, you know. And it's I don't want this kind of Mean Girls bullshit. I want athletes. I want superstars with a light frosting of soap opera drama on top of it not the other way around well then you're watching the wrong show man i understand that's, that's wwe understand. in a nutshell and not only that but uh, you know calling back to those other ones i think this was the best built of those soap opera drama mean girls type why? things why because i thought it one it had more genuine emotion coming from naya i think that it didn't really kind of start going off the rails until the very end where the mickey james one just started off way too far down the track, like way too on the nose. And also, I think the one thing that I had a criticism of that at the time was why call out uh, someone's perceived shortcomings when what you should be doing is planting the seeds that those are there, but giving reasons why they don't actually exist. Whereas they weren't defending Bailey. They weren't defending Mickey James. With Naya, they gave her the defense of, it doesn't matter what you think in terms of my size or my intelligence. It doesn't matter what. Sorry. That's correct. Do. It's it, with her. It was, you know what? You can think that, but check this out. I'm smart. I'm strong. And I'm going to kick your ass. And that was basically the crux of the whole bullying angle was Alexa Bliss was being a bully. And Nia Jax was rejecting that perception of her and, and doing it in a way that proved that her shortcomings weren't in fact shortcomings. They were part of what made her strong. And I like the fact that this, the only thing, the only point at which I'll agree with you that they went overboard was after the match where Jonathan Coachman would not actually shut the hell up about this is for everybody who's ever been told that you are not good enough for anyone who's ever been bullied. Shut up, Coachman. We get it. We freaking get it. And it's, it's not like WWE has ever been subtle. But that was the point at which I went, all right, now you... And, and there was a couple of little things with the fat jokes in the last like week or two of this build where I was like, eh, no, you're pushing a little too far. Yeah. But the coachman just diatribe after this match really turned me off. It was... He just turns me off in general. Well, that too. <laughs> um, personally, I really... I liked, I liked this match a lot. I thought this was 
performed as well as I could have expected it to be performed. I thought that they told the story perfectly. Uh, Naya looked like she was a uh, out for revenge, and she got it. Yeah. I like the fact she came down just all business and took out Mickey James first thing so that Alexa had no protection. And then it was just Alexa basically fighting for her life this entire match and finding any weaselly, squirrely way she could to stay alive, whether it was gouging the eyes or taking out the leg and Nia just overcoming any, everything. And I like the finish with the gigantic Samoan drop off the top rope, which was a gnarly move or the middle rope. Still, it was a gnarly move. I was biting knuckles that, that while she was climbing up the road. No, no, don't kill Alexa, please. Oh, come don't on. Do it. She, she executed it as well as could possibly be I done. Agree. We saw it, it was well done. Yeah. And, and I think that everything, she, there was at no point in this match where I thought Nia looked botchy or unsure. I thought she looked great this entire match. Whipping her back and whipping Mickey James back and forth on the barricade was a really cool spot. That was fantastic. That was, that it was a really looked, cool spot. It looked crazy. Yeah. And that's it. Here's the thing. You like, Big dudes doing big dude moves. And that was one that reminded me a lot of big dudes doing big moves where the little guy is going to have to ragdoll and just take the hit. It reminded me of Hulk in the Avengers movie where he's thrashing Loki. Thrashing Loki. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I am a god. That's what I thought of when I saw that. But, you know, yeah, I've been down on Naya. I think this was the right move to put the belt on Naya to have the overcome of overcoming of adversity and all of that stuff and the bullying and things like that. Sure. It's a great move for the kids. It's a great story to tell. I just, th- this is not the kind of, I don't need a morality lesson in my wrestling from, from WWE. every week. <laughs> right. More, WWE is not who I've grown up learning lessons of morality from is the way that I say that. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying is I didn't need the after school special finish on this. Yeah. They, I, I got it enough from just watching the the build and the match you didn't need the you didn't need the extra t- like push it home at the end. That's when it went too far for me. So I I agree with you on that. But yes, Nia Jax is now your Raw Women's Champ. Uh, I thought this I thought this delivered exactly what it was supposed to deliver. And we both picked Nia to win. Um, we both also picked a cash in to happen on the show, and that didn't happen at all. More about that later. More about that I have later. a lot to say about. Yeah, that uh, was interesting. That. But uh, we got to move on and talk about the WWE Championship match, the dream match between AJ Styles and Nakamura, possibly the second biggest disappointment of the night. Yeah, not so dreamy. No. Uh, it what was happened dreamy here? as hell to see these two guys in the ring together. It was dreamy as hell to see them after the match kind of showing some good sportsmanship, which we'll talk more about in just a second. Oh yeah. Um I don't know. This felt like the prologue of a really good novel. Yes. And that's what I'm hoping that we're going to get to act one of the novel in the next between now and SummerSlam. And and this is going to go on for a year or more. If they're smart, this is how they're going to well, play this. Maybe. I mean, I, I, they turned off a lot of casual fans with this again because Nakamura was on the edge as it was in terms yeah. of people's perception of him as as is being overhyped. And, you know, this was supposed to be the one where we saw like we went, oh, there's Nakamura. Okay, that's why we should be excited about him. That's why people who don't know about him should be excited about him. And unfortunately, what they gave us was the first half of a Japanese-style wrestling match, yeah. which is much slower. It's more hold and move driven. It's just it's 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 very deliberate, right? It's move, transition to move, transition to move, and and ultimately builds up to a a higher level and a lot of reversals, a lot of false finishes. That wasn't what happened here. We had the first half of it, and all of a sudden, it was Styles Clash and done, and AJ Styles wins. 
Um, and there were a couple of moves getting pulled out. We, have, we haven't seen Nakamura do the landslide in WWE. Um, there were some, some very cool spots. Uh, Nakamura was definitely laying in his stuff a lot tighter with AJ Styles. These guys obviously were working a little more strong together. I liked it. Um, but as I was saying, when we were watching the match, I felt like they never got out of second gear. No. I, I didn't feel like they, they went to a, a, the next level. And I was, if this does continue, which I can only imagine it will, because dot, 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 end of the match, they're having a beautiful uh, moment, kind of like at the end of Asuka Charlotte match, where Asuka puts over Charlotte. You're the, you're the real champ, Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte was ready for Asuka. Uh, and that whole, you know, that whole thing, kind of like Daniel Bryan t- talking up Roman Reigns, just ugh. Uh, but in this one, you had Nakamura grab the title belt, walk over to AJ and kneel in front of him and present it to him. And as AJ took it and held it high, Nakamura hits him in the nuts. Low blow. Low blows him. Nakamura, I, thought, I Nakamura think I was even saying he was going to hit him with the title. I was right. like, wait yeah, for it. Yeah, I, was, I, I was like, oh, nope. something's going to happen here. No, this he, is yeah, not going to end well. He put his whole arm up in that crotch yep. and just crushed AJ's. AJ's. <laughs> uh, and then, and then proceeded to continue to beat the hell out of him outside the ring and give him like an execution style style Kinshasa outside of the ring. Ah, I called Daniel Bryan for the heel turn. I was not seeing the Nakamura swerve. Me either. Um, but I, not until after the match. And I think we were about five minutes into the match and Nakamura was just getting all the offense in. And I was just convinced at that point Styles is winning. Oh, this. yeah. Um, because there's no way that, like you said, they didn't get out of second gear. I don't think Styles really got out of first gear until probably the last two to three minutes of the match, and that was that was it. But what's I, ex- I want to see what happens after this. Right. This is not the match I expected. I'm kind of okay with that, though, knowing that there's going to be more. A, there's more to come. There's more. And, yeah. But here's what's bizarre to me is they needed to show more of this to get everyone else excited about more of this. A lot of people don't know. Now, a lot of people now, their, their fears have been confirmed. And so they're not going to be excited for more AJ and Nakamura because they saw this match and they're like, well, they didn't really do anything in this match. It was a solid match. It wasn't like it was bad. It just wasn't anywhere near as, as good as we were expecting or hoping it to be. And it certainly wasn't an all-time classic. Um, it, like we said, never got out of second gear. Uh, and why would you not have show more of what you can do at WrestleMania, especially if you're going to have more going forward. Like, sure, save some stuff for later on down the feud, but don't hold this much back. Yeah. You know, if you expect to have any kind of excitement going forward in this feud, like I I hope they can build some real heat with this because one of the problems with this build was there wasn't really any heat between them. It was kind of like this sweet little competitive thing where they were kind of annoying each other, like poking each other, like, you know, like, like, like friends do. And it was a relentless reminder of the days of yore yeah. back in Japan. Da, da, da. Don't care. It's 2018. They're in the WWE. Let's talk about what they're going to do now. It's cool that they did all that stuff and they've got that history and they kept running those programs with the Japanese magazines and AJ pre long pre soccer mom haircut. But yeah, I, I get the nostalgia of it, but that's not useful in any way to build towards the match yeah. as it was going to be. The only build they had for this match was, hey, Smarks, remember how, remember how these yeah. guys fought in Japan? Yeah. And everyone else was kind of like, well, I guess they've got history. Eh, and they weren't care. really invested. Yeah. So hopefully what this leads to is a match in the next couple of months, or even like you said by SummerSlam, where the audience is invested in now AJ and now Nakamura. And we get to see them really pull out the stops. 
and which they didn't do at WrestleMania, which to me is bizarre. And especially because Nakamura had his friends in the audience. Suzuki was in the audience. Tanahashi was, in the audience. was in the audience. Uh, Okada, Okada, was, Okada was, in, was in the audience. Okada was in the audience. Like they were there to see Nakamura, and they all left when his match was done. And I'm kind of jealous of them. But, uh, but you know, <laughs> that they could leave. But that, that that they yeah they're like okay I've seen everything. Oh, <laughs> I don't need to see anything else. Uh, yeah. So, but. Again, bit of I think a letdown. I just kind of figured it out, by the way. It, just while I was thinking about it, while you were talking about that last bit, they don't have history of those two to put in a video package, so they have to throw back to all the old Japan stuff. I think now that they've got the WrestleMania match, they've got the low blow, they've got the turn, the yeah. drama, the the tension, the, all of that stuff. You can you can now build better stories around them going yeah. forward. They were, they this were is going to get a lot better. I'm not concerned about this. They were this. definitely having to dance around a lot of their history, and they were picking and choosing images of Nakamura and AJ to show in the video package for this match that were very much like, we can't really talk about their feuds in the past, but we can kind of talk. No, now we have a real feud. Let's hope, let's hope that going forward, this just improves. Yep. Um, something else that I we were really nervous about on the show Happened next. That was the Raw Tag Team. I wasn't nervous about this at all. Match. No, you weren't, Mister Twelve Confidence Points yeah. on Braun. Braun Strowman and Mystery Partner versus the Bar. Braun Strowman versus a Mack truck. Braun Strowman's going to win. He's proven that before. What's the Bar going to do? I just. I here's the thing. I and this is another one I look back on and regret because of course Braun Strowman's going to win at WrestleMania. Why would I pick the bar? I don't know. Maybe because I like the bar and I was hoping that they would actually have someone else. I was hoping that they wouldn't completely annihilate the raw tag division by feeding the entire tag division, including the champions, to one man. Sorry, one man and his mystery partner, which turned out to be John Cone's son. A kid from the audience who we later found out was referee John Cone's son. Yes, Yes, but that's who was calling that match. Beside the fact in kayfabe. It was Braun looking out in the crowd and going, my partner is you. I mean, maybe you. Let me walk out in the audience and I'll find somebody. And the whole time we were going, please find Ellsworth. Please find Ellsworth. Yeah. Please, please find. <laughs> no, he finds a kid. and He's walking back to the ring with this kid. And there was, we, we were howling. We were like, what is, going on? what is going on? Where are these kids' parents? Who is this kid? Is he kidnapping this kid? What is happening? <laughs> this kid's just sitting there going, I guess this is my life now. Yeah. Uh, this giant is pulling me to the audio, to the crowd and to, from the crowd into this ring and there's two other big men who want to kill me. Um, what is happening? And his name was Nicholas. His name was Nicholas. How and appropriate it, and, for and you. And it was at that moment that I knew, of course, Braun's going to win. I knew it. <laughs> it was preordained because they listen. We know that now. Oh, uh, stop. <laughs> Good God. Um, I thought I, I, there. Th- this is probably, aside from the one we're going to talk about next, this is probably one of the more controversial cited kind of debates about who liked it and who thought it was crap. Like uh, most of the couch smarks are going to hate this because of the dots, not a real tag team. And why are they have Braun Strowman winning the belts? And there's the guys like me that are just like, that's kind of a cool WrestleMania moment. Kid got a cool thing. His dad, John Cohen probably asked for it a long time ago. Vince was like, yeah, sure. You're going to have it fine. I'm not, I don't have this. I'm not wrapped around the actual about this. I'm anxious to see can we get past the bar and uh, we've uh, and Ambrose and Rollins? Because that was kind of legacy stuff. And let's go talk about the teams that are coming up. Let's talk about the Good Brothers. Let's talk about Revival. Let's talk about the other tag teams. What's there division. to talk about? They all got murdered by your boy Braun Strowman. The entire tag division is in tatters, including the champions. And they, they've completely ruined the rod. I'm one of those guys who's like, 
I, I actually see it both ways. I can see how this is this is as much as I think it's pandering, it's also right in WWE's wheelhouse when it sure. comes to like, hey kids, you can be a superstar too. And you know, like and kids out there in the audience or you putting yourself in this kid's shoes and be like, oh, I could go in the ring with Braun Strowman. He yeah. could have picked me. Uh, you know, Pack me in, bro. He's he's, now he's being portrayed as like the gentle giant who will fight for the kids. It was very 1980s, like almost like a Hulk Hogan and, or you know, thinking about the Hall of Fame this year, Hillbilly Jim. Yeah. That's what he did with Hillbilly Jim. He picked him out of the audience, right? Yep. Um, it, was, it was very much like just that old school pandering to the kids, WWE, which from a business standpoint, I completely get. Oh yeah, make Braun the 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 big lovable teddy bear that like tosses the the stuff around, and you know Sheamus and Cesaro come in on a float like a New Orleans float, and Braun goes and just throws it off the side of the stage. Sure, I get. Yeah, all right, I get that. Here's the problem. Now you have to do a whole ton of work, WWE, to save your Raw tag division because it is it looks like shit right now. I think this was a reset. If we look at this kind of pragmatically, I 100% agree with you. It's in tatters. It's a mess, and it has been for most of the last year. And I think I'm looking at this as a bit of a reset. Let's reset everything. Let's have some fun with it at WrestleMania. And come the Monday afterwards, we'll address it somehow by doing some kind of find the number one contender to go face Braun to get the titles back. Mini tournament to to build this division back up. Because it needs it. It, it really does. I mean, here's the thing is that it it's wrestling. It won't take that long no. to to actually reset it. Uh, I can't I, I can roll my eyes all I want at this, but it is something that they could pretty easily pull the plane up on. You know what I mean? It's just a matter of what ha- like does Braun and Nicholas come out on Monday Night Raw now with both of them with the belts? It's already confirmed. They're Nicholas, coming out. Nicholas is coming out with the belt. Nicholas I mean, he's coming out with the belt. Here's the tonight. thing. It, you know, he's, he's obviously the ref's son. He can yeah. go where the hell he wants. It just does not going to make much, much sense right. in logic. But OK, what a, what is this kid like doesn't have to go to school now because he's a tag team partner with Braun? The youngest, this kid the gets, youngest champion of all time yes. has the record that will never be beaten because the kid's 10. This kid will go to school uh, as a tag team champion. Can you imagine? He was his, you know, regardless of how popular he is now, his, I mean, or his dad being a WWE referee, now he gets to go as a tag team champion. You think he wasn't getting bullied before? He's going to get bullied now. Swimming in it. Swimming in it. He's going to be bullied. Bullied. Oh, no, not bullied. He's going to get bullied. Whatever. Like, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Where's your big buddy Braun now, huh? Pat, pat, pat. Give me your lunch money. Yeah, pretty much. So, no, here's the thing. They're going to have to hit a hard reset on this tag division. They're going to have to either do one of two things. Uh, get Braun the hell away from it and then have, you know, reestablish who the big tag teams are or bring up a big tag team from NXT to revitalize the division or have the bar absolutely murder Braun somehow, whether it's with, you know, weapons or something, have them put him away and show how vicious they are and reestablish how strong they are. That's because right now they got nothing in the tag division. Yeah, I I don't think it's going to be the bar. I, I really don't. I think that would the bar was the last remnants of like the last year. That's too bad because it's a man. There, that's the story what, of the story this of, is the hard reset story of Cesaro's career. But uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Well, you know what, Nick, we got to do it, man. It's that time. Uh, we as we said, this show kind of went gradually downhill towards yep. the end. Uh, whether it whether it be AJ Styles underperforming, AJ Styles Nakamura underperforming, or Braun Strowman picking a kid out of the audience for his partner. Um, we got to talk about the main event. Yep. Because I don't know anybody who was actually looking forward to this. 
Um, even Roman Reigns fans were kind of like, all right, let's get this over with. Uh, but man, it underperformed even on that metric. Everything that I had heard aligned with our viewpoint of ripping the Band-Aid off and getting past this. It is what it is. It's going to be what it is. We've got to move past it. Yep. It's, it's the long-awaited coronation of Roman Reigns. We've been building up Brock as champion for the last year. Now it's finally time for Roman to get the championship. Brock can move on to whatever, and Roman can be champion, and he can have his big WrestleMania moment. Whoop-de-doo. We could have the belt on. on TV again. We were big, having big, an, big, big an thing. over-under on no one's kicked out of the F5 in over a year. Uh, you know, it took three to put down Undertaker, but since then, no one's kicked out of it pretty much. Yep. Uh, one took down Samoa Joe, one took down Braun Strowman, one took down Kane. We were having an over-under on how many Roman was going to kick out of. We said somewhere around three. I said three. You over said three. Or under. You said under. I said that. under. I said, yeah, three or under, basically, uh, which I thought was a reasonable amount for him to kick out of, look strong, and still pull out a victory. He ended up taking six. Six. One of which which was onto the announce table. One of which well, through an announce table. Yeah. Six. And in addition, in addition to a relentless barrage of German and belly to belly suplexes. I don't I lost count of those. I yeah. don't know how many I don't think he beat Cena's record, but it was close. In addition, he got put through the table. In addition, he uh he Brock did his Randy Orton move, the same thing that 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 made the match uh, be, uh, that that stopped the match with Randy Orton, where he basically took his elbow as though it were a hard-edged blunt instrument, and basically rammed it into Roman Reigns's hairline until he split him open, and Roman Reigns started hardway bleeding everywhere, like gushing, gushing blood. But definitely the most exciting part of the match because you don't see that kind of blood in WWE anymore. You see like a little trickle every now and then. But you don't see gushing crimson mask kind of stuff anymore. And that was definitely a sit up and holy shit moment. Because, again, that's what stopped the Randy Orton match. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he, he gave Randy one that was just too big. It was it was what was it? Seven staples or something like that. It was it that was part. ridiculous. So he definitely gave Roman a better one where they could have continued the match. But shortly after that, I mean, maybe he busted up too much because they went to a real quick finish after that. He'd, Roman had like a quick Hulk up moment and then he was put down another by the sixth F5 to keep him down. One, and two, Brock three. Lesner Brock Lesnar is still Lesner the champion. Retains. What the actual F just happened. And this was, wasn't like a what the F actually just happened like with the Undertaker streak where people were shocked and ooh, buzz, buzz, buzz. No. This was shock and disappointment. And, oh, God. What? No. We don't want either of these guys to have a belt, but at least we had gotten used to the idea of Roman taking it, and we could see a way that that could become exciting. We are sick and tired of Brock having it, showing up and annihilating whoever in a, in a boring match, in the same match we've seen time and time again, with the same Paul Heyman promo to lead up to it time and time again, we had gotten used to the idea that Roman Reigns was going to take it here, fine, he stands tall, Roman Reigns' music, blah, blah, blah. What was the possible storyline they were trying to portray here other than, and this is something that my girl said when she was watching it, maybe they're going for sympathy for Roman? Maybe they're going for, like... Hey, don't you feel bad for Roman now? 
No. And no, that's the problem. Nobody did. No, every all the crowd. Was, I don't want him in the first. The crowd place. was just like you know flinging their hand, like the ah brushing him off, and going, are you kidding me? He walked back up the ramp, looking all puppy dog and sad, and oh, woe is me, and obviously looking for that sympathy vote afterwards. Half and people, the arena were gone. They were walking away. No one was looking at him. The only people clapping for him were his family. Everyone else was turned away, walking away because you know what. That's not how you're going to get sympathy for Roman by having him get his ass beat, having him kick out of a stupid, ridiculous number of F5s, busting him open, and then having Brock retain. That is, that was, it was such a, not just anticlimactic, but just finger in the eye ending to this WrestleMania, which, which by the way, started off really good. Kept being really good. And I think if this match, even if this match had ended with Roman winning and what everything that we expected, we would have gone away and said, this was a really solid WrestleMania. Yeah. The taste in my mouth, and I don't know how you were, like the, the taste in my mouth that this that this left at the end of this WrestleMania really darkened the whole rest of the show for me. And I look back and I keep trying to find those bright oh, that Ronda Rousey match was really good. Oh, the IC match was really good. Charlotte Oscar was good until the finish. This really I just I left the whole thing going, oh man, uh, what a bummer. Even to the point where we before we sat down to record today, you know, not quite twenty four hours removed from it, I'm still sitting over here going, what just happened? What just happened? Because we we were convinced we everything we had been told was this was going to be the end of. Brock Lesnar. Now we can report that it's officially confirmed by, I believe, CBS Sports. Brock Lesnar has signed a yeah, new contract. As of, as of the recording of this uh, today, yeah. which is we are now less than 24 hours removed from WrestleMania, uh, Brock Lesnar has officially re-signed, and they've already booked a match between him and a, a rematch between him and Roman Reigns at the Greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia, which was on the 27th. Which I is Roman going to take it there? Is this is it? Was this a swerve for swerve's sake? Was this Vince going? Oh, you all think you know how this is going to go? <laughs> How's my dick taste? Yeah, you know, well, just, <laughs> just uh, you know, was that's it a one Vegas, vulgar way of putting it. Yeah, sure. was it a Vegas ploy? Was it something? Yeah, I don't know. who who had money going yeah. in Vegas? Who put ten on grand this? on Brock, Le- Brock Lesnar Woof. last night? The only people online that I saw calling this were the trolls. People just being like, "Oh, I think Brock's going to win." I told you so. <laughs> no. You, no, no, you, you didn't. didn't. You got every other match on the card wrong because you basically wanted to be Captain Opposite. Okay, yeah. congratulations. You have your little victory. Are you happy now? Whoop de doo. This is the thing. This, this was. I, this felt like screw it. We're just going to go with this just just because just because they we we want to be unexpected and have like an unexpected WrestleMania moment. You know what I mean? There's so many things about this that just don't add up from a storyline perspective. It doesn't add up. When this finally, if, if Roman finally takes it off of him at another place, whether it's Saudi Arabia or whether it's further on down the line, uh, and there's lots of options with that. By the way, I did I did some math and th- an interesting statistic to keep in mind. And obviously, these are two different titles. This is the universal we're talking about here with Brock. I'm going to talk about the w- the WWE title. Yep, which CM Punk held for 434 days. Okay. Um, as of April 2nd, Brock has held the universal for a year. So that's 365 from there. Okay, 69 days after that, which will bring us to 434 days, is June 10th, right? Mm. So Brock will have held the title for 434 days, equaling Punk's if they want to make the, the statistic that he is uh, the, the, the longest reigning top-level champion, not just WWE champion, but like 
champion champion because you know Ric Flair has 16 championships. John Cena has has 16. Uh, that's both. That's a bunch of different belts. It's yeah. not one belt. So they they not the first time they would have conflated belts, right? If Brock wants to beat that, he beats it on Sunday, June 10th, or rather the Monday, the 11th. He'll be 4:35. Well, interestingly enough, Money in the Bank, a Raw branded pay per view, is on June 17th. Hmm. Now we've already booked, obviously, the rematch for the Greatest Royal Rumble, but that's something else to consider. If they do want to stick it to Punk, they have a pretty good opportunity to do it right now. So, but is Brock Lesnar the guy they want to do that with? Why not? He's got the pedigree, sure, so to speak. That's Triple H, but you know what I mean. Uh, no, in, in all seriousness, he does have now the legacy with WWE, and he's shown that he's loyal to them. He's resigning to them, right? Unlike Punk, who took his little ball and walked away. Yep. So, I and and you know they they're petty. They want to get guys that piss them off out, out of the record books. Look what they did to Demolition. You know they'll they'll absolutely make a champ, put him in the record books just to crap on somebody who's crapped on them. So hmm. something to think about. Overall, I I we we've gone on and on about this at this point. I I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how I feel. I think it was a horrible way to end what was a 90%. I was all in on most of those matches. So I I, I had a blast. It turned. I, it was equally fun that I was kicking ass on the points most of the time, but um, a lot of those I didn't expect to win, but they did. At the end of the day, uh, this, was the, this was the needle popping the balloon of WrestleMania for me. I was deflated. Mm-hmm. The whole car drive home last night, I was... So, borderline i don't want to say depressed but i was down yeah that's how this that's how bad this effed me up you know and not because every wrestlemania to be done yeah and not every wrestlemania can end on a high note you know that we've had some wrestlemanias that you know 30 with daniel bryan 31 with seth rollins like that's just in recent memory like yeah. you can go back you can go back to to guerrero and benoit you can go back to stone cold winning like there's a lot of wrestlemanias that end on that high moment you come away going yeah awesome there have been some that have ended on downers that have you know, the the bad guys won or the wrong things happen. Stone Cold turns heel, whatever, yep, you know, right. whatever, whatever you want to have it be like. It's not it's not like they've never done this kind of thing before. The problem, again, much like with Oscar losing the streak was the execution. If this was the story they were trying to tell, they told it poorly. They did. They did not give us a reason to be mad at Brock or to sympathize with Roman or to believe that Roman Roman looked like a wet towel getting whipped around the ring the entire match regardless of how long it was uh, yeah it was a boring match it It was like three different it wasn't that it was boring I don't believe that Roman Reigns after that match and after the last six months deserves to hold that championship right now uh not even that it's to to me it's more like he spent that entire match laying on the mat well and frankly he should have been taken away on a goddamn stretcher because he took yes six f5s and got his head busted open yes you know what i mean like from from a kayfabe standpoint why is he walking away come on there's a lot of things to nitpick and complain about about the finish of that match the bottom line is it did not translate whatever they were trying to tell us did not translate nope and maybe they'll give us some sort of explanation going on monday night raw tonight. i was hoping there would be like a talking smacker going like, you know, raw, raw talk raw yeah. talk after after uh the wrestlemania to try and you know put a spin on it to give me some explanation as to what are you guys trying to tell me what are you trying to, what are you guys trying to do here but there was nothing so i've had to wait for monday night raw for some explanation as to okay what was in your head with this what is your what 
What can I read into what you were thinking here, WWE, with this finish to this to this main event? I don't think we're going to get it. You know what we're going to get tonight? We're going to get Paul Heyman coming out and going, see, I told you so. Oh, that's going to be insufferable. Yep. That's going to be insufferable. Yep. And that's not the kind of heat you want. That's go away heat. That's X-Pac heat. That's not, that's mad at the company heat. You know what I mean? That's, I don't know. I, I really question, I question a lot of this. Uh and not just because I picked wrong. Again, if they had had Brock go over and given me a good story that made me understand it was compelling, then great. You and, know? I, and I openly admit that I got worked in thinking that Brock was going to be gone to the UFC. I thought his contract was going to end after WrestleMania and he was going to be gone. I, if I, that was work, then I, I got worked. Well, speaking of works, there's also a rumor out there that there was an altercation between Brock Lesnar and Vince McMahon yes. after this match. Again, a rumor, and it could be a work. The guy who reported it is basically just TMZ light. Yep. So or he take, is ex-TMZ. Well, there you go. Take it with a grain. Yeah, he's, he, he TMZ, literally is ex-TMZ. TMZ was, uh, was too good for him, so he had to go to wrestling yeah. uh, wrestling gossip. But the bottom line is, is that it could be a work. It could be a grain of truth. Kind of like with the, you know, the Jericho altercation with Brock after the yeah. Randy Orton match. Like sure. there was some... There was some validity to it, but the nature of it was 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 in debate. I don't believe that Brock Lesnar walked past Gorilla and threw the title at, at Vince McMahon. Well, because Vince was yelling at him because he did I, something. I, I, Here's the thing. There's aspects of the match where I could see why Vince would be upset with. Brock looking straight at hard cam and, hard cam and saying, motherfucker, yeah. would be one of them. Uh, <laughs> Which we thought was a sort of curtain call of his, I his thought last that was match him in just WWE. Put it, like doing the twist on Vince, like just tweaking and being like, what you going to do, Vince? It, it, and it might still be. It might have. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Vince could have yelled at him for that. Everything else could have been planned, and Vince could have been like, "You son of a bitch!" Yeah, you swearing on my TV. Well, like, you know, Vince has got to have that one guy. His only job is to hold the his finger over the button, the, the Brock button, the Brock button, the just Brock waiting button. for something to happen. So they've got that three second delay, but whatever. Uh, it didn't go out. It, they they bleeped it in time. They but, bleeped the heck out of it. <laughs> but they but, knew it was coming. But it could have been that. It, you know, the hard way bust open of Roman looked too planned. This, everything else looked too planned. It might have just been the rhythm of the match was not what Vince wanted. Like and that, and that's the thing is it may not have gotten over what Vince wanted, and that may have been why he was allegedly angry afterwards. Yeah, uh, we'll never know. We, we may know at some point, like the real news may come out as to what actually happened. We may get some explanation. But as of right now, as of this recording, we have no idea what the hell they were doing with that main event. It brought down the whole show uh, and was a disappointing end to what otherwise would have gone down as being one of the better WrestleManias of all time. Yeah, I agree with that, and especially the unpredictability kind of nature of it going into it, I think was one of the things that made us most excited about it. Yeah, but that being said, man, we have to move on. I mean, the WrestleMania was seven hours, and we're taking seven hours to get through talking about it. <laughs> There's other stuff we got to talk about on this show. Uh, for instance, one of the things we have to talk about is our pickums. Yes. Just between you and me, just between yourself and myself, you got seven matches right, and I got annihilated. I only got five matches right yeah! out of out of out of thirteen. Now, are we counting the Cena and Undertaker match? In well, those? we didn't count that as a match on our pickups beforehand. Although we did kind of have a little side bet, you and me, as to yeah. if if they have a match, who wins? We both said uh, Undertaker, Undertaker. Would, would win, so technically it would be eight six. Sure. But either way, I got my butt handed to me mm. this WrestleMania after a whole year. Of being dominant at picking pay per views, I got the floor swept with me on this particular WrestleMania. Because I, I said, WrestleMania, I said going in, I had no idea, and this it was throwing me for a loop. And by God, the 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 picks carried out that uh, that prophecy. Well, but you, sir, to be clear, 
My markery is what won for me. <laughs> my markery for Cedric Alexander, Cedric Alexander, and I own that. And Braun, and Braun Strowman. Strowman. Yeah, yeah, two guys who I picked against yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, stupidly in hindsight. Well, Cedric, I think that match, I really do think that match could, could have gone either way, but I really feel dumb for picking against Strowman. I would have been mad at the win of either of those guys winning that match. But anyway, the Strowman thing, whatever, we talked about it. Uh, we have to talk about the individual pickems for the two shows that we were in competition. That's true. With. We had we had Gauntlets get thrown down with two other shows. Yep. Uh, take two threw down a Gauntlet at us. Take two takedown podcast threw a Gauntlet down at us. We threw a Gauntlet down at Going and Raw, and they were kind enough to pick it up and play with us. Um, both of the shows that we we challenged had their each they each had their own way of running the pickems. But right. the bottom line was is that our champion from our show, in other words, you. Yeah, was, <clears throat> was going to go face the champion of the other shows. Yeah, and uh, as far as take two takedown, it was a straight up pick 'em. It was who picked more matches correctly. Uh, their show got five right, tying my pitiful score. Which ones did they pick that they got right? Uh, they got Cedric Alexander, Braun Strowman, Bludgeon Brothers, Nia Jackson, Angle and Rousey. Okay, correct. Uh, absolutely nobody in in our picked Charlotte. No yeah. one across both podcasts. Nobody. Ooh. Nobody picked Charlotte. And we were the only ones that picked AJ Styles in the WWE Championship match, correct? Uh, no. One of their guys over on Take Two, okay. Jace the Oracle, okay, <laughs> uh, who got two right. Okay. So very, not very oracular, I don't think. Yeah. But, what, but he did pick Braun Strowman and AJ Styles, so, you know. Good man. He, yeah. He got one right that I didn't, yep. so <laughs> I can only talk so much smack. Um. But yeah, so we we defeated you defeated them. I tied them. Um, that being said, our our girlfriends also played pick 'em with us, and uh, they either tied or beat that show as well. Oh, just uh, just a little stat oh. stat to throw out there. When you know we talk why about, they do, they they beat them though? Why they beat them? They listen to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Oh, oh shoot! That's oh, that's true. Woo! That is true. That is probably right, so why had, they're, why yep. they're why they're so intelligently educated about yes. the uh, the graps. Yes. Uh, but we also had a uh, a, a more interesting pick'em. Not more interesting. A different. Very much more complex. I should I'd say. say it was more interesting. Well, it sure. made it more interesting during the day because we were math. We I had to do I had to do all the math <laughs> yesterday. Uh, thanks to going in raw and their system of confidence points, where you allot a certain number of points to each match and how confident you are, but you're only able to use each number once. Between one and thirteen, the number of matches on the show. Plus, right. there was prop bets. It was all kinds of madness with that show. Uh, Steven Larson's being uh, good, good buddies of mine and and wonderful dudes. And I, I thank them for playing. It was a lot of fun. You had uh, him doing sweating some crazy balls. math yesterday. We were we were building algorithms about how we could still win, but saw you guys coming back. It was a lot of fun watching Ian. That, sweat and they've the got crazy algorithms with who should win as well. Like for their <laughs> show, I've been listening to their show, and, and they they have all kinds of of stats and why this guy should win and so forth. Well, he stood tall at the end. That's a plus two. Anyway. Uh, I have to say the algorithms may have failed them this year, either that or, or rest of this WrestleMania was that unpredictable. Um, the, these, the, the lineup, as I see it, Larson, unfortunately came in last. Oh. Uh, he got four matches, right? For a total of 31 points. Uh, I came in third with, uh, five matches, right? And 35 points. Steve was a monster, uh, with six matches, right? And 45 points. But you, sir, mm. You, with mm. your seven matches right, and putting all your money on Cedric Alexander, Braun Strowman, and AJ Styles, came out with, well, depending uh, on how we calculate this, because you were marked down as saying jacks by DQ. Okay. But that was only worth three points. So if you, if, if you, still, sure. if you take it just for jacks as 59 points, if you say, not, nah, you didn't get the DQ right, 56 points. Either way, 
absolute domination. Well done, sir. Well thank done. You. Well done to you. Thank you for bringing it home. Yes. For the home team. Yes, and thank you guys for uh, for playing with us uh, over on Take-Two Takedown and Steven Larson over on Going In Raw. Just a quick aside, we did have some prop bets going with Going In Raw as well. Oh, these were fun. These, Well, they were fun, except only three of them were actually answered correctly. Yeah. There was, it was a slaughter on the prop bets. Yep. Just want to make a real quick note that uh, uh, Steve actually got plus two points because of the prop bets. He called that Carmella would not cash in. Oh, really? And he also said that Cena Undertaker would happen. Every All the three of the, the rest of us said, no, they're either going to have physicality, but no bell's going to ring. Yeah. There was a bell. There was a match. We got that. The only other prop bet that anybody got right, because our prop bets were like, who is Braun's partner? No one got that. Yeah. Uh, what color is Finn's gear? No one picked black. Um, but the other one was, which Undertaker will show up? American Badass or Deadman? Everyone called American Badass, except for you. Yes, sir. Who said Deadman. Deadman. And you know what? I'm so glad you were right, because... Uh, yeah dead man or a biker taker would have meant there was a kid rock performance and luckily we didn't get that either so we we all win we we all win we're all a big happy family thank you guys thank you everybody again for playing it was a lot of fun good uh you can hear our our promo that we will be getting on both those shows probably either later probably later this week We'll, we'll try and get that together and and send that out and and not uh, not be too much of sore winners in our I'm in our be gloating. popping my jacket like Finn Balor quite a bit. <laughs> All right, well, just I'll, letting you know. Then I'll be crotch shutting the camera like Finn yeah. Balor. Okay, well that's our WrestleMania talk. We we are way into the show and we are just now getting to the next segment of our show, which we'll we have to talk about because it wasn't just WrestleMania this week. It was also NXT had a monster pay per view, and that was. Let's go talk about it right now. Let's talk about NXT TakeOver New Orleans. Well, Ian, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this. I hate we had to stick it at the end of the show because it deserves better than that. This is arguably one of the best pay-per-views I might have ever watched. Uh, yeah, you know, and it's, it was it's, an absolute barn burner. It's not hyperbole to say that this is one of top to bottom best pay-per-views ever produced. That, that It's easy to say that with like the, the recent memory Golden Glow on it. It's really when you look at it from every aspect of the pay-per-view, pacing, match quality, story build, execution, everything, this pay-per-view absolutely delivered on every level from start to finish. There really wasn't a, a moment to catch your breath. Every match was spectacular. Some, some were match of the year quality, if not match of the decade. I mean, I, I, I'll go out on a limb and say it. Like we were talking about some, like it was hard for WrestleMania to follow this. It was it hard for the rest of the matches to follow what we started with, which was a six-man ladder match. Six-man ladder match for the North American, the inaugural North American Championship, and not just any six men. I might add, you had six of the most exciting guys in NXT all in the ring together. You had the debut of EC3. You had the debut of Ricochet. You had Lars Sullivan. You had Killian Dane. You had Adam Cole, and you had Velveteen Dream. Are you kidding me? You could have put this belt on any one of those six guys, and I would have applauded it. Absolutely. Any one of these six guys could have had that belt, and it would have been a good choice. Yep. Any one of these six, any two of these six guys could have a match together, and I would have been excited for it. A- any combination that they found in the ring was awesome. This was, I-, I can't believe that they were able to follow this ladder match. It was one long spot fest. I, I got to say, for me, and-, and maybe this is different for you, and, and, it, it might be my mark for him, but I, it, according to what I'm seeing online, it wasn't just me who felt this way. 
Ricochet absolutely stole this match. Did totally in, in his in his debut. The very first televised move. But are you surprised by that though? No, not at all. But I'm not either. But that's my love for Ricochet yeah. going into this. I'm t- I'm taking a step back and putting my markery from my man aside and saying, all right, let's let's look at this ar- like just from an arbitrary standpoint. The man's first move on televised NXT TV was a springboard shooting star press to the outside. If you didn't know about Ricochet before, if you were, if you're like, oh, who's this little Ricochet guy? That's who he is. Yeah. Boom. And then you later, get in the ready match, for that all the time. Oh, he did a moonsault off of a falling ladder later in the match. What? <laughs> I mean, you talk about coming out the gates hard. You know who I felt bad for? EC3. EC3. Yeah. Because he's debuting as well, and he looked great. You know what I mean? He looked fine. He looked satisfied. Until he got squashed under the ladder. Oh, my and then God. He just, he, I thought he was legit I thought injured. He was, was just staying there. Oh, what was it? It was uh, Killian Dane did like a belly flop on him with Adam Cole on his it back. It was like a sit-up powerbomb or something like that. It was it, off the top. Uh, it was something it was like that. Spot but after spot. EC3 was on, under the ladder. Oh, I'm sorry. How many spots in this match can we just run down? You know, Velveteen Dream doing the elbow drop off the top of a ladder. Very rarely will you hear me say this. I immediately wanted to go watch that match end yep. to end again. I could watch it again right now. Yep. I could watch it every day. The Death Valley driver onto the ladder. Like oh. just so, so many amazing moments in this match. And at the end, in my opinion, the right guy won. And that was after this, after a great build to a great finish with all six guys on three ladders underneath the, the thing. There was obviously a little bit of a botch at the end. But it was it was not enough to to derail the match. Adam Cole climbs the ladder. Adam Cole is your new and first ever North American NXT champion. Right. I, I think it's the right move, uh, and I think we both picked that. We both as well, absolutely right? called that because it is the logical choice. Yeah. Everyone else here doesn't need the title the way Adam Cole does right now in order to cement his legitimacy. You have to. This is a guy who has had about 50 50 on his win losses in NXT, but he's obviously, they think of him as a big deal. So they need to put a belt on him to make him feel like a big deal. Yep. Well, hey, next up, we had the uh, women's NXT championship match between Shayna Baszler and Ember Moon. Um, we were I, nervous about this. I, it, for me, it was one of those, I think I've been pretty vocal about being over Ember Moon and really just wanting to move on from that whole Asuka Ember Moon era of last year. I'm excited for Baszler. I'm excited to see her get turned loose and what's going to happen next. I want to see Lacey Evans come up, all those reasons. So I was I was happy with this outcome. I was happy that... Uh, what I wasn't happy about was that we laid on the mat for about 10 minutes. Oh, I love that. In a chokehold fighting it off and all that stuff like some boa constrictor just we didn't you know we didn't on. really get to see any of actual you, wrestling offense you've got to set that up before you say that because here's the thing if people haven't watched takeover what happened was is you had a great back and forth hard-hitting match including a, an eclipse to the outside which by the way is going to take years off of ember's life yeah. and she's her spine inches is off her shed. spine <laughs> inches off her spine she's gonna be she's gonna be walking like a grandma at age 35 poor girl yeah but uh but this was a really good hard-hitting match. It was well-worked. I was very surprised by how brutal it was. Um, and I liked the fact that at a certain point, Ember turned the tables on Shayna, where Shayna was standing over her, looking like she was going to dislocate her shoulder the way that she you know standing on the hand and then it's going to kick the elbow. And Ember reverses it and gets into that same position herself and ends up kicking out Shayna's elbow and dislocating her shoulder. And then they were on more even footing. Where Shayna was now the one kind of on the on the back. <laughs> no, they weren't on the. Well, she was. Shayna was the one on the back leg. Yeah. You know what I mean? She was having to fight through not having an arm, and ultimately had to like 
ram her shoulder into a ring post to quote quote re- reset her arm. Take that, Finn Balor. I mean, looked. Oh, come on. <laughs> 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 Damn, son. Woo. Uh, he finished the he finished the match as well. By the way, that's true. Uh, but no, but I, but I liked it because then it was like Shayna had. To, you felt like Shayna had to fight harder for it. And at the end, yes, they were rolling around the match for uh, on the mat for a long time because Shayna only had one arm, and you kept thinking like Ember was going to get out. She kept reversing it. She had that one monster power bomb where she picked up Shayna. Incredible strength display. But then I loved the way that it finished. With Shayna locking in that Kirafuda clutch, choking out Ember Moon, but because she didn't have another arm to lock to hold in with, she grabbed her own hair <laughs> and was, was holding onto to her own hair while Ember was smashing her bum arm. And Shayna's just screaming in pain because her bum arm is getting worked, but she just refuses to stop choking out Ember Moon. That was an incredibly brutal, incredibly awesome finish. I loved it. Yeah, it was fine. I, it was more than fine. It absolutely overperformed. Shayna now looks like an absolutely brutal monster champ. That I agree with. Ember was KO'd. I don't know if the feud's going to continue, but Hope I was not. very satisfied. I was very satisfied with this match. I think we'll find out this week on uh, the main roster. I think that's wow. That's a good point. But uh, uh, we both we did both pick Shayna to win, so yes. we were we were correct on that. It now here's time. here's where things get interesting because around this point in the show. Uh, you see Adam Cole in the back saying, man, I just fought this ladder match. I'm all beat up. I can't go out and fight in a tag match. And that's when I texted you going, dude, dude, I know I picked AOP to take the tag titles, but I think there's a swerve coming. I think the fix is in. I think something's going to happen here. Can we, what do we think about, like the match hasn't started yet. What do we think about changing up our pickums here? And you gave me the okay. And we both did a change on our pickums. Yep. Uh, I think you stuck with AOP. I did, but I thought the, uh, they were going to swap somebody out for Adam Cole. Correct. Because they had, had a, him ribbed up, bandaged up on his ribs. You included a .5 modifier to your bet that Adam Cole was going to get replaced. Yeah. And I said, I will change my vote to uh, to to that, that uh, Undisputed, Undisputed Era, Era retains, but I cannot get a full point if they do. I only get a half point. So okay. basically, I'm sacrificing half a point to change my vote was basically what we agreed on. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a cheap thing, but it's between us at this point. Why not? Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. And you know what was fun about it? The fact that I was right. The fact that there was a swerve. The fact that this match was not only good, but there was some great... This was a great... By the way, this was a great match. It was not as long as it could have been to really get into some nitty-gritty, but that's part of that's because... They didn't have three whole teams. Bobby Fish was out. You had Kyle O'Reilly basically fighting alone because Adam Cole gets put through a table at the beginning of the match because he's already done a huge monster match. They can let him go sleep outside. It's fine. But this was Roddy Strong and Pete Dunne, AOP, and basically Kyle O'Reilly fighting by himself. Yep. It was a great dynamic. It was a lot of fun. But the meat of this happens at the very end of the match where it looks like Strong and Dunn have it win. And Roderick Strong turns heel! He turns on Pete Dunn! What? They just, they're obsessed with putting the belt on that guy. But I don't know about putting a belt on that guy, but this was the, do you not agree this was the right move? Like, Roderick Strong had basically done all he really could do as a face. Initially, no, I didn't agree with it, because I don't think you take your purest white meat baby face and heel turn him. 
But then I remembered they've got Johnny Gargano. You've got Johnny Gargano. You've got Alistair Black, who's not a white meat baby. He's still a baby yeah, face. Gargano's enough. Drew McIntyre's coming back. Yeah. Like they got enough faces. Yeah, I agree. They need more heels. And and Bobby Fish is out for six to nine months. You need somebody else to to fatten up that roster over an undisputed era. Who, by the way, Roderick Strong joined at the end of the match. He'd been tempted to join them a few months ago. Yep. But he finally joined them. My question is: Was this the original plan? Like, if Bobby Fish had competed, if it had been Fish and O'Reilly at full strength, would Roderick Strong have turned heel here and joined them, and that would have been the stable? I don't know. I just I want to make an, a fun observation off topic, though. You've been more animated and excited for the last 10 minutes talking about TakeOver than anything we talked about for the previous what hour shock. on WrestleMania. Maybe it's because TakeOver was an amazing pay-per-view that front-to-back delivered and made me excited about what I was watching from a storytelling standpoint, from an action standpoint, from a wrestling standpoint. On every level, this thing actually delivered. And also, WrestleMania was seven hours long, and it was freaking exhausting. Yeah, that was it was exhausting. <laughs> But no, this, I mean, TakeOver was, and this is an example of a, of a match that really on paper was kind of like, okay, this, this should be fine. Yep. But it was, it, it exceeded what it should have been. Baszler and Moon exceeded what it should have been. The latter match, as high of hopes as I had for it, it went above and beyond that. And you know what else went above and beyond was the main event. The we ch- had two. The, well, we had, we had the championship match and then we had an unsanctioned match. Yes. We'll get to that. Yes. Let's let's talk about the NXT Championship match, which uh, once again almost proves he can have a good match with uh, an amazing match with freaking anybody. Uh, and uh, on us and Alistair Black, obviously no slouch either. The story of this match was Zelina Vega keeps on interfering. I think she interfered like four or five times. Yeah. To the point where it started getting like even. If you're if you're in kayfabe with it, you're like you're that darn Zelina Vega. If you're out of kayfabe, you're like, all right, it's getting to be a little too much. Yep. Uh, but it was just enough to sell the story that at the end of this knockdown, drag out, fantastically worked match, Zelina screws up, uh, accidentally lands on in Almas's arms instead of on Alistair Black, and Alistair uses the distraction to hit Almas with the uh, the go to sleep, the uh, the black mass kick to the face. Boom! One, two, three. New champion. Alistair new Black champion. is your new NXT champion. Alistair Black is your NXT champion. I didn't see that coming. Uh, no, you didn't. I did. Uh, did. Actually, I think I just picked Alistair Black just to be opposite from you. That's why you one of the one of the best theme songs in WWE yes. for sure. But it's I I definitely could have seen this go either way. Uh, but this was I, I yeah I'm totally happy with this choice. The only thing I wasn't happy with was how much Alistair was smiling when he got the title because he looks weird when he smiles. Yeah. It's weird to see that guy smile. He should have just taken it and walked <laughs> straight out to the back of the... Almost like a Zack Sabre Jr. walkout. Yeah. You know, just... Like, just thanks, All right, bye. I got it, bye. I'm yep. out. Yeah, instead of celebrating. It was weird <laughs> to see him celebrate. I, def- I definitely think he broke character a little bit on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, a totally fine match, which was just funny because it was, by any other metric, a fantastic match. It's just on this card, it was just... You know, it was as good as everything else, except the last match of the show, which was the the long 322 days awaited match between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso well, Ciampa. Before we get there, one note, one point of clarity. Drew McIntyre has been cleared. That's he has true. been medically cleared, and he was on the pre-show for WrestleMania. Yes, he was. And I got to say... Watch out, Alistair. I think he's coming back for his well, title. Well, what he said specifically on the pre-show was, I've got business with Almas. If Black wins a championship, I'll get to him. 
I got business with Almas. Oh yeah, and then I'm coming for the so championship. So we we got an Almas McIntyre program coming. I think McIntyre's going to come back and get his oh, win yeah. back. Oh yeah. So I was, right. I was shocked. I almost beat him in the first place. But yes, let's come on, man. Now we, we got to talk, talk about Gargano. We were saying last year when this first went down, this was going to be the this was going to be the feud of 2018. It is now not even halfway through April, and this is the best feud of 2018. Yep, we've had one match. You, you, what do you, <laughs> you don't think uh, Brock and Roman's going to be the best feud of 2018? Nick. Come back to reality. Join me back here in the real world. We're talking about Gargano Ciampa, which was absolutely a the uh, another five-star match out of Johnny Gargano. Uh, the second one he's had this year, his other one being with Almas. Uh, absolutely incredible match from an emotional standpoint, a storytelling standpoint, a wrestling standpoint. Uh, every level, this match absolutely delivered. You know what? I want to say something. I think that there is a... There's a point in NXT where you can get too technical versus WrestleMania versus the main roster WWE get too soap opery. Okay. Kind of dramatic, right? Sure. This danced that fine line and frankly a little bit more in the dramatic feelings yes. kind of category yes. than what you typically see in the NXT matches. And I loved it for it. Yeah. Because we've been waiting for this. They've this is how you build story long term. They have been building this since he turned at, what was it, NXT? It was after WrestleMania last year, wasn't it? Or SummerSlam? Uh, DIY versus AOP? I think it was Brooklyn. Money in the Bank, wasn't it? Money in the Bank weekend. Anyway, but the, the bottom line is I agree with you. I, yeah. the, the, and the reason is, is because there is a balance between the moves and the story. And when the moves are informed by the story you're trying to tell, yeah. that is the sweet spot. That's when wrestling is at its finest where everything that is done in the match is informed by and ha- by a, a, a reason by an emotion and it has a point and a purpose and that's where this match was they didn't do a damn thing that didn't have some sort of of emotion or purpose behind it yeah. everything had it, everything had meaning everything had uh, a, a callback to a history you know what i mean whether it was the, that moment where, and they were hitting the crap out of each other. Let's, yeah, let's they just were. Say this for real, because Champa at the end of this match, one eye legitimately almost swole shut. Like he was, he had two big mouses next to this eye. Um, they saw, pulled the padding up. They had the exposed we had concrete. Ex, we had exposed. We had a back bump on exposed concrete in the WWE in 2018. Wow. Their their uh, the suplex off of the announce table yeah. looked that looked absolutely insane. Um, we had a we had a bunch of just incredible spots, and it finished with such an absolutely epic. This entire show had great finishes. Every match had a great finish. Um, this in particular was just there was a bunch of false finishes. You had you had this great callback to that moment in the CWC where you thought Ciampa was going to turn on Gargano, and they end up kind of hugging each other. And in this one, they go back to that same kind of pose, and Ciampa almost looks like he's begging for forgiveness. And then tries to hit Johnny with the knee brace, and Johnny's ready for it. And they uh, and they go into the final finish with Johnny just, you know, choking him out with the bad leg and the knee brace across his face, and almost simultaneously screaming. looking like he's gonna break down and just so screaming. sad that he's yeah, having uh, to do this. So much emotion, you like can feel this, it. Yeah, I, I can't. Uh, this match hit every sweet spot for me. Yeah. Absolutely, everyone. You had the 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 right level of brutality for this level of blood feud. You had um, the technical level where these guys were pulling off incredible moves 
and somehow not injuring each other. Right. And then you had the emotional level where they absolutely paid off this storyline. And they could still have more stuff to go in the future on this. But as far as paying off the last nearly year of build, done. Yeah. Uh, ex- executed to perfection. And to be, Gargano wins. He gets his job back. Yep. He, oh. we're, we're gonna, we are, again, another prologue to the beginning of what is going to be, I believe, a year-long feud. Yeah. This is going to go on oh. all year. Uh, please give Johnny his... Pay this man his money. <laughs> Pay this man his money. He John is, Malkovich on the Busted uh, Wide Open podcast, ladies uh, and gentlemen. Malkovich! Malkovich! As a Russian, never made sense to me. Anyway... This is... Uh, I will splash the pot whenever I want. Yes. Uh, you forgot the whenever the fuck I want. Uh, are we going to do rounders for the rest of the show? Or are we going we gonna to take this, take this home? Let's, Let's take this home yeah. because, my God... I'm getting delirious. We're, we're doing rounders quotes. We're, we're doing a show as long as WrestleMania about WrestleMania and TakeOver. What a weekend it was, Nick. What a weekend it was. But we're not done. I got redemption on my pickums. I picked uh, TakeOver New Orleans 100% right barring the last minute switch I had to do. So I redeemed myself for the weekend. You were a monster on WrestleMania Sunday. I don't know how NXT tops this show. I don't know what we're going to get on Monday Night Raw. I don't know who's going to show up, who's going to come back. Do we get Lashley, Samoa Joe, Drew McIntyre? So many things that are going to happen. But you know what, Nick? We're going to have to stop this show now. And everyone's got to come back and listen to our show later in the week because yes. we're going to talk about all of that. We're going to talk about all that stuff on the Thursday show this week. So be sure and check that out. Make sure you're subscribed and uh, signed up for all of that stuff. Come find us on Facebook. Uh, sign up for the Busted Wide Open discussion group. Follow us on Twitter at BWO Podcast. And hey, if you love our show and want to support what we do, head over to patreon.com forward slash BWO. Throw a dollar in the tip jar. Sign up to do your very own shoot promo and all kinds of other tiers and goodies. Or you can head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash store. Pick up a shirt, coffee mug, phone case, sticker, all that good stuff to let everybody know that we are your favorite show. And speaking of your favorite show, please go to whatever podcast app that you use to listen to us. Make sure you rate, share, subscribe to us. Let other people know about us. Leave us comments. Let us know what you like about the show, what you think could be improved, things you want to talk about, things you want us to talk about. We'd love to hear it. We'd love to make this show a listening experience that you can enjoy. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.